Hi everybody, and welcome to the year-end wrap-up edition of your podcast, Opinion is Wrong. And we have with us a packed house. Six members, me, your host Austin, uh, returning after, a, I guess, a fairly long absence, Kyle. I don't know if it's been that long, but yeah, I'm excited. Let's do this shit. Yes, Nicholas. Hi. Robert. Yo. Daniel. Hey. And uh, Mark. Rock on. Mark ever been. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, as you can already tell, uh, we're going to be constantly over-talking each other, and it's probably going to be impossible to listen to. But, uh, hey, at least the sound quality is better. And uh, what we're doing this week is what we're, uh, we're taking the Your Personal Opinion is Wrong Top 25 Albums of the Week list. And we're going to be going yeah. 25 to number one. We're going to be assessing each one's its pros and its cons. So so settle in, folks, because this is going to be four hours long. Yeah. What the hell just happened? <laughs> the top five albums of the week. He's the top five albums of the week. Wow. All this shame. Top 25 albums of the year, mind you. The and, last year. Uh, the last year, the year 2012, year of our Lord, 2012. And, uh, yeah, we are going to forego what are you listening to, because this is essentially a what are you listening to for the past 12 months. And uh, it's going to end up being three hours long anyway, so we should just dive right the hell into it. Yes. Let's do it. All right. Coming in at number 12. I'm going to put intro music there. Uh, and I'm just going to... All right. Yeah, here we go. Anyway, this is... Ten seconds of silence. This is for editing jokes. God damn it, is there anything I can say that doesn't make you giggle like little schoolgirls? Jesus no. Christ. I swear, when they get more than five... Wazzle, wazzle? Remember that one episode of the end where me and Mark were just clapping? Oh my god, shut up. That was the worst. That is literally the worst 30 seconds in, in this podcast history. Oh, Christ. Okay. Thank God for editing. All right, coming in at number twenty. Coming in at number twenty-five is uh, oh man, no. All right, we should tell you, um, a listening audience, that we are. You may have noticed the absence of one of our uh, old podcasting stalwarts, Mr. Alexander. And what Alex has done, I don't think we've talked about it on the podcast, is Alex has gone into like artistic uh, exile, exile, isolation. Yo, let's just call it. Let's just call it. Uh, we'll call it his hipster. Uh, hipster journey yes he's he's making this hipster <laughs> cocoon and he will emerge in the spring as a bright flowering douchebag as, and, um, <laughs> uh, he emerges as a music journalist yeah well what alex did is, is he's saying he's forgoing listening to reading any music sites um he's just gonna like surround himself with all the classics he's never um he's never listened to he's gonna completely immerse himself in music and you know, not listen to any outside outside critique or anything, and it's an admirable thing. But unfortunately, we're out of a podcaster, and um, it's a shame because number twenty five on the list is um, an album that he would never shut the hell up about, uh, <laughs> Julia Holter's Ecstasies. And I know that Danny is a big fan of it, and Steve was also a big fan. But um, yeah, I, I mean, it, it scored enough points to get on the list. Yeah, it, yeah, Sandy's not here. 
Yeah, Alex, yeah, Alex but this yeah. he would have spearheaded the discussion of uh, Ecstasies, I believe. It would have been way higher, too, because he probably would have put it like number one on his list. Yeah, Absolutely. he really loved that album. Anyway, I actually haven't listened to it, so somebody else take the reins here, because, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting, like, art pop album. Uh, and, I don't know, I mean, art pop album uh, with, um, I don't know, a lot, of, a lot of, I guess, some Baroque pop influence. You could kind of hear some, some Kate Bush influence. Uh, it's pretty, pretty light stuff but really good songwriting uh she she's classically trained so you can kind of you can kind of tell um some some nice experiments uh it's not as experimental as the album she put out last year but it's it's possibly more accessible even though i do prefer last year's album uh it's it's a good album i i'm not as into it as as steve probably is not as into it as alex uh is but it's it's a solid album and i'd recommend checking it out Works really uh, good right. to fall asleep to at night. Which, <laughs> which is what yeah. Kyle believes is the only functioning purpose of ambient music. Well, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's not even really ambient. It's like ambient pop, really. Like it's it's still pretty, you know, grounded. No, he's what, what little I remember of it. There's like actual melodies and stuff. It's not just yeah, like music. Yeah, it sounds like music a little bit sometimes. <laughs> um, I don't know how that happens. I, I so it's it... it's not like Boards of Canada. No. Just get that right uh, out of it. All right. <laughs> well, I don't think you've listened to Boards of Canada if you're calling it ambient music. Nope. Nope. Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. Um, I, I heard it. I heard it got compared a lot to that Laurel Halo album that came oh, out. Oh yeah. Like quarantine. It, it's definitely more uh, accessible, even though I like the Laurel Halo album more. But Laurel Halo's voice is is pretty pretty bold. Yeah, um, I, I, I like I, that about I, it, but. I didn't listen to that Laurel Halo album, but I really enjoyed the like anime Simpsons thing that she had going on oh, on the cover, yeah. which is I'm pretty sure why most people know that album. Uh, but I we're gonna, we're gonna talk about that later. Oh, we like are? really soon. It's it's coming yeah. up. Oh hey, <laughs> well, did you even look at the goddamn list? Shut up, Austin. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. Has everybody said what they wanted? Goddamn it. Has anybody? Everybody said what they wanted to say about Ecstasies? Uh, yeah, I don't have too cast, much to say on so. it. I, I love the album and it made my personal list, but uh, I don't like it quite as much as the album she put out last year. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think there are people who are more passionate about it on this blog who either aren't here or have left. So. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm wondering who put it on the list. Danny, your I, panning is so brutal. Spanny Spateri, right? I'm wondering who put on the list. I guess it was on your list and it was probably on Steve's. I guess it might have been on uh, TJ's, maybe? It was. I think oh, so. uh, yeah, I think it was on his. Yeah. It was really low there. Uh-huh. Anyway, moving on to number four. Um, 24. Is, 24. 24. God... <laughs> <laughs> What's going on with me? It's okay. Numbers are hard. Yeah, numbers are hard. <laughs> Thanks, Mr. Math Major. Um, okay, number 24. Uh, uh, God, I want to edit so much of this out. You have no idea. Uh, number 24 is a, uh, a young up-and-coming rapper um, by the name of Joey Badass. Now, we talked about him on the podcast before, and I believe, Mark, you were a big fan of Joey Badass. I did like him. <laughs> that came out weird. Yeah. <laughs> so you don't I like did. him anymore. He's incompetent. It's no. Now. <laughs> Words are hard for me. Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's got a real yeah. 95 to it, which doesn't make a lot of sense considering he's 17. Yeah, he is really young. That's extremely young. Mm-hmm. And like uh, yeah. people say that about it, like it has a real, they're like, oh yeah, it sounds exactly like it's from the 90s. And like, as someone who honestly didn't start listening to hip hop until all that long ago, it, like, I can't, I don't really know what a lot of the 90s sounded like. So like, this sounds uh, really cool to me. When people say it sounded like the 90s, they're basically talking about Illmatic. Illmatic enter the third enter the 37 39 yeah. chamber 37 <laughs> chambers and uh, enter the weird. enter the 24 chambers and um <laughs> and uh I guess tribe called quest probably. Yeah. That that's that's yeah. your standard yeah. 90s white people rap, right? <laughs> those those are also usually like top 3 hip hop albums of all time on most people's lists. Oh, except for Rolling Stone's list of top 50 uh, oh. Uh, top 50 hip-hop tracks of all times. You guys, it was gross. I don't know why I didn't think it would be gross, but it was. What was number one? Yeah, uh, number one, message. Number one was The Message, five. which is okay. Do you know what number two yeah, was? I'll tell you what it was. It was Rapper's Delight. That is a goddamn <laughs> album song. I'm gonna rap about what I'm doing right now. Nothing, no, nothing really cuts to the heart of street culture quite like Rapper's Delight, you know? It really just encompasses all human existence. Anyway, that made me angry, and I don't know why I keep getting Rolling Stone magazine, but it keeps coming at my house, so... I was walking my dog, and there's the newspaper guy through the newspaper well, at the door. Uh, <laughs> well, back to Joey Badass. Yeah, that I mean, guy. Uh, I want to say I like I really like that mixtape as well. And, like, you know... He's part of this whole rap collective called Pro Era, Progressive Era, something like that. And you know, uh, is that like a modern day uh, like uh, Daisy thing? They're all liberals. That's what yep. it means. That's cool. <laughs> um, did, yeah. did he have some? I, I recall him having some cool features on it. Am I wrong? Yeah. 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 Um, the only one I remember right now. Is yeah. this dude, this dude, Captain Steez on there. That's really Capital. good. Um, Capital Steve. Capital, Capital Steve. Fuck. <laughs> and, um, yeah, some other guys are really good. But, yeah, I like that album a lot. And there's a lot of MF Doom on there, too. Like, there's some MF Doom beats. And, yeah, that's right. Oh, we're there. That's can, cool. It's probably unsolicited because it's a mixtape, and you can pretty much yeah. do anything you want. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He has a new mixtape coming out end of this week. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. Uh, Pro Era does, actually. The whole collective. Or is it their whole... Okay, I just heard there was a new one. You guys, I think Pro Era and Odd Future should fight. Uh, (laughs) If they had a rap battle, I know who would win. I don't. It's because it wouldn't. All all, all of Pro Era seems to least like that that eleven minute that twelve minute posse cut at the end of um at the end of the um nineteen ninety nine. That's all of them actually do well. Like Hmm. yeah, Aldi has like. Like three good verses and, and Jasper. I think most of Oldies are pretty good though. <laughs> Let's give credit where it's due. I think Oldies are a pretty good song. I mean, it's fun. Okay, well, well, it, I think we can all agree that it's a crime that the ASAP mob is huge, but Pro Era, <laughs> you know, just yeah, coming up there, just on the come up. Didn't Joey never... Badass play like three songs at that Pitchfork stream show? Because he, he did. Yeah, because like nobody yeah. cared. That's sad. Like he was oh, getting yeah. food and stuff. Sucks. Oh, 
it's really Joey weird when people the, I, I was gonna say I think Joey Badass is featured on the new A Step Rocky album actually. He is oh, on that is. on that track that oh. who does it have? It has like Joey Every Badass, Kendrick Lamar, Lamar Danny Brown that are better than he is. They're better than Rocky. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think everybody that raps on an ASAP Rocky album is a better rapper than he is. Yeah, to be like, I, I could rap on an ASAP Rocky album. Um, like yeah, I, I really don't hate that guy as much as the rest of you seem to. Yeah, honestly, I still like Live Love ASAP. I think it's a really good album. Even if that guy's kind of an idiot, like it's still a good album, mostly due to the production, but still. You know what well, he is good at? Is like, ASAP, right? I, I'm a rapper. I'm rapping like this. Drinks. <laughs> Pop syrup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's him, yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, you know what he is good at, though? is He's good at, like, identifying, like, bits of hip-hop culture and, like, uh... And he's just really good at sort of, like, condensing hip-hop culture and making it sort of his weird, you know, own spin on it. Like, yeah, uh... Yeah. Like, he, he works with the weird producers. He, you know, has a lot of great features. And, you know, he associates himself with all the, you know, the black hippie people and whatnot. But um, I don't know. He's, he's just—he's he, little B as far as rappers go. But I like little B. I, I said, genuinely like. Little I B. like him too. He's a troll. I don't like his music, but I like what he stands for. I think when you say troll, I think you mean uh, reincarnation of Jesus Christ because um, <laughs> we haven't really—we yeah. haven't really had a heart to heart on on base God on the program. But we probably um, shouldn't do that this week. I, 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 we're yeah. on four. Let's stay on. <laughs> However, that I sent him a picture of a cookie my friend made that had the word base god spelled out in chocolate syrup, but he did not retweet it, and I was disappointed. Anyway. What an asshole. Yeah. Um, I actually listened to his uh, NYU speech recently. And, yeah, that thing uh, was insane. A lot. Yeah. I'm Miley Cyrus. I'm Miley Cyrus. <laughs> okay, we really, we really should shut yes, the fuck up. Yes, now. Uh, Coming at 23. Oh, yeah, Joey Badass. Yeah, Joey Badass, right? Yeah. Should move on. We talked about that. Um, anyway, coming in at number 23, because I'm bad at hosting, is uh, <laughs> is Laura Halo's Quarantine, <laughs> which I brought up not seeing it was uh, two, two, uh, two spots up ahead in the list. I, I tried to warn you so hard, like I just, <laughs> it fell on deaf ears. I, well, I actually <laughs> said it. You know, yeah. you, I, it was the know. only way they were going to stop talking about it. Let's talk more about how incompetent I am at hosting, please. <laughs> hey, guys, maybe we should talk about scripts right now. Yeah, right? Okay, no. <laughs> um, okay, okay so somebody who listened to it, please talk about Laurel Hale. Yeah. That's probably yeah. only me, actually. I think yeah, I'm right? literally the only person here to listen to it. Because, uh-huh. uh, yeah, Steve and I were, were the ones champ. Actually, Steve and Alex and I were the ones championing it once again. But wow. Alex isn't here, and Steve isn't here right now. So, yeah, basically, I mean, imagine, like, uh, like an IDM album, but a really cerebral IDM album, maybe, like, updated Autechre or something, um, with, uh, you know, with, like, like a almost Bjork-esque kind of character singing over it. Um, but her voice is even more, like, divisive than Bjork. Like, Bjork, most people, I think, are into it uh, with her vocals, but this, this lady uh, is really... She mixes her vocals right in the front of the mix uh, and doesn't really like affect them usually. Um, and you know, in the in the modern uh, kind of bedroom pop era where most people mask their vocals in, in reverb uh, quite often, that usually imperfections in vocals are not really that noticeable. But with hers, they're very noticeable because they're right in front. But I like that about it because. 
There's a lot of personality there. Her voice isn't terrible, so it doesn't ruin the album for me. And uh, it's kind of an antithesis to a lot of the albums that just mask their uh, identities. Uh, and the production is incredible. Uh, the songwriting is actually really great, too. It's a uh, really emotionally affecting album, even for me, despite being so odd. And it actually ended up becoming one of my top favorites of the year. And, and no one course, listened sweet. to it but me. Nope. Yeah. No, not even a little bit. <laughs> I mean, if you're into electronic music, if you're into art pop, or if you're into experimental music, I would definitely recommend it. We like rock. Yeah, <laughs> I, I skimmed through it. I only got a harsh noise now. Yeah. <laughs> Nick, what were you saying? I, I skimmed through it, but I didn't give it that much of a listen. Yeah, I don't know if I how you know much I would recommend it to you personally. I mean, I would recommend you try it, but you know, it could go both ways with you. I think you'll at least appreciate the production for sure because the instrumentation is really like unique. Honestly, one of the best just like exercises in electronic music I've heard all year. Cool. Yep. Cool. We should move on because this is going so much slower than I thought. <laughs> okay. I told right. you four hours. Yeah, four hours. Settle in, everybody. Don't have that kind of time, bro. Don't um, care. Okay. You're fine. doing it. Fine. Uh, this this is frozen and it's not bringing up the list. Never mind. I got it. Anyway. Um. Hold on a second. I got uh, it. Now my com- uh, yes. my computer's being all glitchy. Hold on a second. The- well, the, the next one is gonna is gonna be only me talking about it, really. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, I actually like that I album. Like that. It's a recurring yeah, theme. I like that album. I I listen to it. Uh, anyway, okay. Coming in at number twenty-two <laughs> is um I believe this was one of our uh, one of our podcasters' number one album of the year, which is Tame Impala's Lonerism. Hello. That would be Nick's. Uh, Nick, these are these are fellow Australians, are they not? Yeah, yeah, they are. Yeah. And that's that's uh, that's all I relate to this band oh, at all. Most probably why. <laughs> no, it's mostly a good why. album, and I'm yeah, sure Nick, Nick, Nick can explain. No, yeah. <laughs> Nick can explain why it's a good album. Um, just okay, like what what they what the, the, they they kind of had the thing where it's like really selling it nick there you go <laughs> Wait a the, the, the first the first album was like okay wait, wait what we're going to do we're going to we're going to take the 60s psychedelic rock and we're going to we're going to kind of just update it a little bit but with this one they kind of like took it to a, another level man and um just everything's so bigger um Push it to the limit. Really good. Yeah, it's 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 pushed to the limit. And would you would you say Nick that they pushed it to the right. limit on this one? <laughs> they wouldn't push. They they didn't just push it to the limit. They pushed it to over the limit. Yeah, over yeah. the limit. Yeah, oh, yeah. Over the limit. Faster. What, what, There's no limit. See, I'm I'm a rock guy. Would I would I want to listen to this album? Um, I actually. Oh, yeah, hey, what a hell. You like sure, you like the Beatles? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, but I like, you know. I like when the Beatles play Beatles music. Well, yeah, but this isn't. I don't. I don't actually listen to the Beatles. I'm probably the only person who calls himself get a music out. nerd. Get out now. Beatles. Yeah. Get out. But, yeah. Get just. Leave. But I like <laughs> Kevin Paula. <laughs> I'm not saying I don't like the Beatles. I just said I don't listen to them. That's all. That's all I said. Get out. Listen to anyway. Revolver. I really. <laughs> Anyways, I will. Eventually. I really like the 
Motherfucking fuck that. Come on. <laughs> it's with six people on the podcast. What the hell do you think is going to happen? Yeah, yeah this... like, the production good. Songwriting good. Melodies good. I like good melodies. Can't really, say, can't really say much more about it, to be honest. It's Australian. Is it good? I do think, yeah, I do think the album probably has some of my favorite rock production of the year. Um... <laughs> Of, of most albums, you know, I didn't put it on my list, but I still, you know, I liked it a good deal. Um, I, I I like the fact that, I mean, I mean, the one the one thing that probably still bothers me about Tame Impala is I just can't get past the fact that the singer sounds exactly like John Lennon, and I think he's kind of pushing it. I you know, be a little bit frank. Does so. he put it on, or is it his actual it singing? Exactly, he sounds exactly like him. I mean. Yeah, but I don't want to crit- if if somebody I, I naturally just sounds like John Lennon, I don't want to criticize it. But if it's something he puts on, how do you know that? Like have to ask him. Well, we would have to be honest. Way back, uh, way back when, the, the, on, on their first, yeah, on their first EP, um, he kind he kind one one of the one of the songs kind of sounded different. But now he sings it in the way that he sings it now. But I don't know if it was just like naturally because the the EP was released four years ago, so that voice could have changed. But um, okay, well, I don't think young, that's right? a... I, I like just in general. I like how you know big and lush the music sounds. You know, um, so you know it's definitely a really enjoyable album. For me, even if you know I didn't put it on my list or anything. Cool. Yeah, well, that's that's you, <laughs> dude. I just said I liked it. Good call. Wrong with... <laughs> no, I'm just saying that's that's. <laughs> yeah, but you didn't have it number one, Robbie, which is a huge fucking problem. You didn't <laughs> like it enough. This is the episode where Nick learns what opinions are. <laughs> <laughs> this is like Terrell Owens' book, Little T Learns to Share. <laughs> I don't know if anyone remember that, but he put out a like a children's book. <laughs> nobody knows what I'm talking about because nobody watches sports. Okay, You're on a music on. podcast. Do you think we're going to talk to you about Terrell Owens? Come on. He's got a show on VH1. <laughs> don't do that. Go on with a good list now. <laughs> yes, Excellent. we can. Good Christ. All right. Um, this No, this is an album I enjoyed. This is the first one I can talk about. Uh, number 21 <laughs> is Clams Casino Instrumental 2. This is yes. a collection of Clams Beats, uh, yeah. which is the follow-up to his uh, instrumental LP that came out last year, I think. Um, and this has, uh, this has beats with... Um, uh, a lot of uh, ones that were actually used on tracks, like um, it had a couple ASAP beats in there, and I think there were a couple more Little B ones. But uh, yeah, it was a quality collection of trippy uh, hip-hop instrumentals that I enjoyed quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. And and, and the fact that it doesn't have a half-retarded rapper over it just makes yeah. it... That helps you. Yeah. A lot. You have no idea how long I looked for the beat to that ASAP song, Bass, because the beat is amazing. And the song is dumb as hell. <laughs> oh, bass. Yeah, that one. Oh, bass. I, oh, I like that beat a lot. But I kind of I wish that song had more bass because it is called bass. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. yeah. Just a little bit more bass. I liked bass. it a lot. It's, it's a great beat, though. 
Yeah, that's, that's one of his best. I think I'm God probably still seems yeah, his best. Uh, I'm God is his masterpiece, I agree. Mm, wonderful, yeah. it sounds like. Geez. Oh my God. Oh, yes. screw you. What? Jeez. Okay. What the hell's happening? <laughs> just, Robbie's getting angry at me again. Somebody just brought, somebody just brought Robbie the wrong kind of soda. I didn't want Diet Coke. I wanted Diet Cherry Coke. <laughs> I ordered. I'm fucking idiot! <laughs> Why the hell do you think I get Diet Soda anyway? I, I don't know. No. I was trying to be nice. I didn't want to. Robbie only drinks Crystal Pepsi. Can you still get that? Wait, we shouldn't talk no, about this. No, clear. <laughs> oh my god. That's the clear Pepsi, is it? Yes, it is the clear Pepsi that was around for like a year in 1986 or something. Anyway, moving sure, on. I'm pretty sure all you have to do is add bleach to regular Pepsi and everything. <laughs> Come on, listeners. Pepsi. Anything to make us not talk about the music on this list. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's time for a lightning round. Why do we? <laughs> How people would you kill? How many puppies would you kill? Go. Oh, God, no, no. We're moving on. Does anybody else want to say something about Clams Casino? Uh, I don't just, know. Yeah. I don't think so. We, we, kind of, we kind of didn't talk about him at all, but that's okay. Okay, it's I would say that uh, Cloud Rap appears to have died, except for like you know artists to become popular, and I like that. Uh, well, oh, wait, 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 sorry, say that again. I think Cloud Rap as just like a genre has kind of died. Like you don't hear about it anymore. You know what's hot now is trap rap. Well, it's been around forever. Yeah, it has been. And by forever, I mean like two thousand six. I mean, just, you know, it wasn't accepted by, like, Pitchfork before, like, last year. Yeah, it's weird, because I run this little music appreciation club at my school, and um, it's mainly people like oh, me, oh. Um, and uh, we're, like, we, we were playing, like, I, I guess we played, like, the Boredoms and the Flaming Lips, and then this guy put on this Flash Dadama song, and I was like, huh, <laughs> these, these people listen to Trap now. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it was nice. Yeah. I, I, I like the sound of Trap. Like, no, I'm actually kind of getting into it a little bit myself. You know who's really into trap is Evan. Well, motherfucking yeah. fuck, guys. Let me talk. Your microphone is too quiet. Sorry, we can't hear you trying to talk. It just sounds like little like spurts of something. I don't know. Something. I, fuck you, Robbie. Not, yeah, really. <laughs> That's what we're trying to say. <laughs> you can talk now. My mic has been fucking up the whole time, but no one's been telling me. No, it's fine. No, it's, well, it's, it's, it's fine. It's just kind of quiet. Yeah. You're just well, slightly quieter than everyone else. Just yell. Oh, okay. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Do not put the mic boom directly <laughs> in your mouth. <laughs> Don't do whatever you just <laughs> did. <laughs> it's fine, Robbie. It's fine. They've got the sun on this podcast. I can't post this shit. Albums albums are we talking about albums? Austin, do your hosting. Save everyone next... shut the hell up. Literally everyone stop talking right now. We're moving on. <laughs> hey guys, my projector is kinda dirty. What should I do? <laughs> no, that's not that's wrong number tip shit. <laughs> oh fuck. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> what should oh I do if my, my lotus is flying? Everyone stop. <laughs> 
Do you guys know how to catch a lotus? Shut up! Oh my god. <laughs> Everybody. This episode should just be we start trying to do this and then it breaks apart and we just talk about whatever. <laughs> We're never getting through this whole list. Coming in uh, plenty. Oh, okay, okay. Everyone shut up because I actually listened to this one again. All right. I'm very surprised at this album's placement, number 20, because it seems very low for how high profile it was. And, uh, I mean, I, I, its placing, I guess, is sort of kind of rightful because it, it wasn't didn't quite live up to its predecessor. But the album is Flying Lotus Until the Quiet Comes. Mm. And I know a, a lot of us on this podcast are huge Flying Lotus fans, myself. Yeah, yeah. He's my I'm favorite, not, but I actually like this one. Yeah, Danny is uh, it, Flying Lotus is his favorite album of all time. Like no, favorite, yeah, favorite, favorite album, favorite album of all time. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, yeah, wow. self-titled. Yeah. <laughs> right. Anyway. Um, yeah, but I, I yeah I reviewed this album actually for the for the blog. So talk about it. Yeah, uh, I, yeah, I did think it was great, even though I didn't like it uh, as much as his previous two albums for sure. But uh, it's still highly unique. Uh, one of the most unique electronic albums to come out in you know past couple years i think at least and his production shops are still there and his his songwriting is getting more ambitious and still some really fantastic tracks honestly it wasn't really a major disappointment because i still feel he has a lot of uh talent in him so yeah Yeah, it's very like it's almost impossible to follow up something as amazing as cosmic grandma like i really didn't expect him to do it and i was very happy with what i got yeah, it's it's a definitely more understated album too because Cosmic Grammar was really maximalistic, but until the quiet comes, it's still pretty layered, but it definitely strips back a little more. Uh, more quiet. It's more quiet. You yes, know. yes. The yeah, quiet did came. It did come, I should say. <laughs> you know what? You know, <laughs> you know who else came? Oh God! What I heard described as was uh, somebody used the phrase "post smooth jazz." Which I think is like perfect. <laughs> no, not a fan. Well, smooth Ugh. jazz has too many negative connotations, but otherwise, you know. I don't know. It was I, I liked all the guest spots. They're always awesome on Flying Lotus albums, pretty much without fail. And, oh yeah. Um, yeah just yeah, fucking, melodies were fucking, there, fucking, atmosphere was there. It was great. Yeah, me, I'm really surprised that Nardward didn't figure out that he was Captain Murphy. Anybody want? Oh, watched it? I had a buddy. Yeah, oh, anyone going to figure it out. I, I'm not trying to take credit for it, guessing or anything, but I did guess that at one point. Uh, yeah, I, yeah I, I heard the theory tossed around because he did do that. His first thing was that Flying Lotus deal on Adult Swim. Yeah, and you know he's always kind of expressed like wanting to try rapping like a little bit, so it wasn't like a huge shock, but you know. I was more I, happy, like I, I was had, better with that. Yeah. You know. I hope he has better lyrics in the future, though. Just saying. Yeah, that's the only real thing. It's just that sure. right now I feel like his his like kind of persona in general is a little too like odd future derivative. It's certainly less offensive lyrically than like Tyler the Creator's lyrics on Goblin or something. But like still, like I feel like he could do something more unique. But the production is amazing. His flow is still like competent. Yeah, I, right now. I think he did that to put people in that direction, though. That's true. That's true. Exactly. Exactly. You know what yeah. I think? You mentioned that it's less offensive than Tyler the Creator. But what I think is that it's maybe less offensive, but it's much, much less accessible. Like, your average odd feature fan isn't going to really jive with Triple X like they do with Tyler the Creator. I mean, like, the whole cult psychedelic aspect, like, that, it's not exactly like 
uh, like that's not going to sell millions of copies like Odd Future did. And he is sort of Odd Future, uh, maybe even influenced, I would say, because I know he did he did work with like Earl and a couple yeah. other Odd Future people, I guess. But uh, he may be less offensive, but I think it's a lot less accessible, which I like. Yeah, he's basically like the left field, like yeah. offshoot of Odd Future in a way, but it's a much more interesting uh, offshoot in a way, yeah. you know. That cult rap shit is kind of like Doom yeah. a little bit. It's kind of like something I would expect out of Doom. Yeah, like very grindhouse yeah. sort of. Uh, yeah. B film influenced. Well, I, I really yeah. think that that whole yeah. album style is dictated by him trying to make you think he was different people. Yeah, that's yeah. interesting. I like. That. Yeah, I wonder if he'll even do anything else in the future, actually, because he hasn't necessarily expressed. Uh, plans uh, doing more with that persona. So he still tweets as Captain Murphy, which is kind of weird. Yeah. Oh, really? Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Maybe I, I, his, I hold out uh, hopes. It was interesting. I love his tweet um, as Flying Lotus after his uh, performance, where he revealed that it was Flying Lotus. Oh, he yeah. said, "Well, that." <laughs> yeah. Anyways, um, on. I didn't really get to say my piece on until the quiet comes, probably because you know apparently I'm quiet and you know you guys don't like quiet people. We talked about it. Okay. Well, well, I, I didn't say piece, but who yeah. gives a shit? Just go ahead, Robbie. No, it's fine. Magic okay. Town. I'll pass it over. We, we have a lot of albums to get through, anywho. All right. Um, do you want to make your stupid joke now, Kyle? Was I making a joke? Uh, about number 19? Oh, uh, yeah. My projector is really dirty. Do you, do you guys know how to clean it? Ah. Solid. Solid. Yeah. Solid goof. Um, all right. It's coming in at number 19. Yeah. Um, coming in at number 19, uh, as this podcast is going straight to hell, is um, <laughs> Dirty Projector Swing Low Magellan. Yet another album I did not listen to. I another don't one have I an opinion. Right to. I don't no, have an everybody opinion talks about it. This is the worst artwork of 2012. What everybody <laughs> hated so much? I I, did, I liked it. I could like, find you ten albums that easily no, have worse it, album Because it's three people standing. It's yes. ten times better than the No, no, no. It's ten times better than the artwork for ten percent of Peter Hertz. Come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's better than that. It's better than the artwork for Deep Web. So. I'm sorry, Kyle. Was your uh, yeah? Was your album of the year? Didn't it not have a giant penis on it? Or am I getting that wrong? Thank you. <laughs> it did. But I am. I'm of the opinion that that giant penis was well warranted over the thing that Death Grips was trying to do. Yeah, penis and shoppy. Yeah, we're not talking about Death Grips right now. I have no idea why people didn't like this album, Art. I thought it was pretty good. Anyway, um, did anybody talk? It was, did did anybody listen to the album, or did they just hate the art? No, I didn't I listen to it. It's, it's one of my I favorites did. of the year. Okay, Nick, talk about it. Um, all right. Uh, well, it, it, it's not it's not like um to progression that um Tame Impala took with, with with this year's release from their last release. Um, it's actually a lot of people seem to dislike it compared to Bitter Orca because of um how it's they quieter. Kind of like went. Uh, yeah, quieter. How like almost like went backwards. I kind of guess. Um, and stripped back a lot of because um, that it's not. Uh, I'd say Bitter Orca, the 2009 release, was almost progressive, in in, in a way. How how it's like multiple song parts, and every every 30 seconds or so, the song would change, and um, 
start up a either start in, in a new like a almost like a new time signature or a or just a new, completely different, random part of the song, and it's almost like I don't know what that, why that, why what's happening is happening, but it works and it sounds good to my ears, so whatever. But um, the new one, Swing Low Magellan, it kind of like just focuses on the just really good songwriting, really good melodies, and really good. Just just kind of strips everything back, and it kind of like shows. It's like um. The dude, I don't, I don't know his name, David Longstreth or something like that, um, saying, "Hey, David Long- behind all this flashy stuff, I'm still a good songwriter. I can. I, it's, it's, it's almost like he's, he's proving his chops. Just not doesn't have to. His songs doesn't have to shift every five seconds. Yeah. It's, I've listened yeah, I listen to this, but it's like, kind of like. Wow. Go ahead. I was talk. Talking. Come on, Robbie. I I no, beat you I, to that, but whatever. No, 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 you did not. No, you did I, not. I totally did. Oh I was God. talking before I, you. No, literally, no, I no, I started talking and then you started talking. I, I was oh, definitely look, look, please, guys, guys, I've heard about guys. it. Guys, no, you know, this talk. I don't. I don't. I, I, no, I don't give a shit. I don't give a shit. Argue. <laughs> <laughs> This is so horrible. All right, literally nobody stop talking. Nobody talk. Robbie, talk about the album. No, I don't care anymore. It's fine. Just move. Just fucking move on. Someone else talk. Oh my god, why is this happening? No, we're giving you an option. I, th- look, it's hard to talk. There's a lot of people on this podcast. It was going to happen. And just relax. Oh, fine. I don't care. I don't care. Just someone go on. I don't care. Okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> coming in at number nine, 18, sorry, number 18, is Dan Deacon's America. Yet another album I did not listen to. Wait, so who who liked this one? Oh, Kyle, I, I, right? Yeah, yeah, I had it at number 12. I, I, I like this album, but I didn't put it on my list. So Same as, same as Danny. I, I probably didn't pay enough attention to it. Yeah, I, sh- I only- should have listened to it a few more times, honestly. Well, yeah, the, the only thing I really remember from it is that, uh, like, the four-piece uh, USA, whatever you want to call it at the end, sweet. that I thought was really good. The sweet, yeah. I thought it kind of meandered a little bit, but did anybody listen to his older stuff, like Spider-Man? Yeah, I, I've listened to all of his albums, actually. Um, okay, well, where his old albums were kind of, like, this crazy electronic all-over-the-place thing... This new album kind of goes for like a kind of a Sufjan thing where there's a lot of yeah. kind of folky Minimalism, yeah. pop songs. Yeah. That's like the perfect comparison, I think. Yeah, it's it kind of sounds a lot like like an electronic Illinois or something. Yeah, he definitely takes a lot of influence from from minimalist uh, classical music like Steve Reich and stuff and you can hear that on his previous albums uh I, I think I got that influence got progressively more prominent with each album. Like it wasn't really there on Spider-Man and the Rings too much. That was just like a really eccentric, like just kind of you know pop, like weird. I don't know, electronic album. But Brahms was more minimalistic. Uh, and in this one, there's that suite where I think certain parts of it just like go all out in the classical, like electronic hybrid direction. And I think that's really cool. Yeah, it really swells up to be really loud at some points, especially like during America. Yeah. Like, and he, there's repeated melodies during that whole thing, and it's just, it's just really good, you know. 
I, I'm usually not into this kind of music, but something about it, I, I don't know if it's just, it seems like it's such a positive album to me. Yeah, no, the vibe is really great. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely really, I mean, I guess you've never really listened to Steve Reich, but that, no. that kind of stuff is taken right out of the Steve Reich like handbook. So it's not like anything particularly like crazy new, but like he, he incorporates it into his style so it, it works well. It doesn't feel like a, a too much of a ripoff, honestly. Did anyone see that video for True Thrush? Uh, yes, no, it's amazing. Oh yeah, that's definitely the best music video this year. Where Lord, it's, it's definitely one of the best. Like the, everyone, uh, there's like a 15 second scene, and there's a group of two people, and everybody is then shown the two second, uh, the two person uh, scene. And they have to ma- they have to recreate it from memory. And by the end, it's just completely different. Like one team just introduces confetti for no reason. It's crazy. <laughs> uh, what, you, cool, know what I, you know what I would have voted for um, had it been like an actual album were those series uh, of mixes or mashups that he did. Oh, that was really cool. Actually, those, those were great. Really, those were great, and it yeah, had he did some great ones. It had um, it, like Death Grips on it, and MIA, and Black Dice, and Animal Collective, and like dozens of others. Yeah, Onio Chief's Point Never. Yeah, yeah. There's a ton of great stuff on there, and he did a pretty good job with it, honestly. It was a whole EP. It was like five or six tracks, I think. It was really good. I like that a I lot. Didn't... That came out this year. Yeah, yeah. Just yeah. a couple weeks ago, actually. It, it, it wasn't oh, like cool. an actual physical release. It was more just like a internet. He just threw up in the SoundCloud. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know. Also, actually, my favorite Dan Deacon release of this year might be the. I know what you're gonna say. Yes, yes, yes. Uh Say it. It was incredible. Call me maybe. That was fantastic. Layered over itself 127 times. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's quite literally just the "Call Me Maybe" acapella layered over itself like uh, over 100 times, but it really is pretty. By the time you reach the end, it's just like noise and like. (laughs) It sounds like fuck buttons, like towards the end of it. It, it's so great that somebody did that to a freaking Carly Rae Jepsen song. Uh-huh. Yeah. Fantastic. All right, I think we're ready to move on. Sure. Yeah. Um, okay, number seventeen. Uh, now this is this was one Robbie can talk about. I hope, um, which is uh, Swans the Seer. I, you broke out. I yeah. don't know what happened. Oh, say, yeah. say whatever Just you said. Again. Again. Okay. Um, this is uh, number eighteen. Is uh, Swan's newest album, The Seer. Oh, oh man! And I can it, talk about that one too. <laughs> yeah, and much like Swan's Hello? is want to do. Hello. Oh, sorry, yeah. I thought I cut out. Much like Swan's is want to do, uh, it's about three hours long and dense and inaccessible and all those good adjectives that describe Swan. <laughs> Two hours. Long. Yeah. Um. Anyway, <laughs> Robbie, Robbie, you 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 were very much into Swan's, were you not? Yeah, uh, yeah, I like this album a lot. It's uh, it's really a very dark, twisted journey and kind of descent into the madness that is Michael Jira. And um, and the strange thing is, like when he's actually singing, because you know a lot of the album is kind of instrumental, but when he's singing, it's you know he has kind of a calming voice, but it's you know, it has kind of an eerie effect, like he's a charismatic cult leader, you know, where, you know, he might have a very calming veneer, but he's a twisted, fucked up individual on the inside. 
That yeah, pretty much describes yeah, Michael Geary, it, yeah. It's, yeah, you can totally hear... Well, I was almost going to say the Godspeed influence, but, you know, Godspeed is really more influenced by swans. Totally. Yeah. You, you can definitely hear that post-rock kind of vibe, especially when this album gets loud and really builds up into something. But, yeah, great album. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just... Uh, that's all right. Sorry, I, I just don't have the energy for this. Like, it sounds, <laughs> it sounds so draining to me like I, I listen to uh i listen to some 20 minute song and i don't want i don't want to criticize the album because i haven't really listened to it but it's just it, i don't think it's gonna be for me personally you might be really into the early swans albums which are the most brutal punishing things on the planet yeah and they're actually short too yeah they're like all 30 minutes long They've had basically three different distinct eras. One of them was really like no wavy and like industrial, like kind of post punk stuff. Then they did like a post punky, almost like gothic rock kind of era. But it was Jarbo. Still pretty. That's when Jarbo joined. Yeah, the exactly. Swans yeah. gang. Yeah, and then now they're in the era of like the post rock kind of experimental stuff that they've been doing since like the '90s. But with each era, their albums have gotten longer. Like the album they put out in the '90s, that's the most similar to the Seer. Soundtrack uh, to the Blind. <laughs> yeah, that Soundtrack to the Blind is like two and a half hours, whereas the Seer is just like two hours. But I actually oh, think Soundtrack is my favorite. <laughs> Jesus. I can't yeah, do like more great. than 90 minutes. Really, I, can, I can see that. I can see why that would be kind of alienating to people, but whatever. I liked it. And like, I think like, I think the Seer, uh, the Seer goes in a lot of different directions, but I think it does kind of, kind of smooth throughout. But, like, soundtracks is literally a mixtape. Like, it's, you know, pretty much a band, the band going for a different genre of music altogether with every different track, basically. Yeah, that album is pretty eclectic, for sure. More kind of consistent. There's, yeah. like, a, there's like, a, a club dance song on that album. All <laughs> yeah, there is. Weird. But they make it really dystopian, though. Because they, like, they make it, like almost like glitchy in a yeah. way honestly it feels to me like walking into like a broken down like r- restaurant or something like in the future where like it's you know post-apocalypse and like there's a radio still playing but like it's broken and like you know there's no one really there and like it still fits like they still fit all these weird styles like into this one very like unique dystopian aesthetic and that's why i really like that album yeah yeah, yeah. i only right, recently uh, got into swans but um, I'm I'm looking forward to breaking this album out when I finally get through the rest of their discography. Yeah, which is I, I actually, which is long and emotionally tiring. Oh, absolutely! I, mm. I decided to, to <laughs> go through the majority of their discography before I checked out the Seer, which was pretty time consuming. But I'm glad I did because I now understand like I guess how they got there because the Seer is kind of like a culmination of like everything they've done leading up to that point. But it was worth it because it ended up being yeah. my number three album of the year. So nice. Yeah. Are they kind oh. of broken up into like their movements at all? Like uh, the songs, you mean? Uh, no, I mean like like disc one is its own album and disc two is different oh, somehow. Not really. Not really. No. This one's actually one honestly like easier to listen to than than the the previous one just because uh, it not just because it's shorter but because there are only eleven tracks. Just some of the tracks are really long. 
but it feels like they know when yeah. to repeat ideas and when to like you know it doesn't feel too like uh like there's too much going on at any given point i think yeah, i think the time for me yeah. to check out swans was on my uh long train ride to new york city yeah and I, just, I couldn't i couldn't <laughs> bring myself to do it man i can think of nothing more depressing than a 10-hour train ride listening to swans yeah Thank god <laughs> That sounds like suicide material. Yeah, if I was gonna if I was gonna be drawn into madness, I didn't want to be stuck in a cabin with people. Like I didn't want to just go to I didn't want to go to the bathroom, like grab a knife and just start stabbing kids and yeah, you know, specifically looking for children. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. it's a bad joke to make this week. <laughs> yeah, it's way to go. Oh my god! Come on, Nick. Uh, okay. <laughs> Moving on, moving on faster than I can possibly take this podcast. Um, number sixteen, uh, the one one of the many albums from the hardest working man in garage punk this year, uh, Ty Siegel. Uh, Ty Siegel's Twins is coming in at number sixteen, and I know Mark and I believe Kyle were both huge fans of this. Yes. Mm-hmm. Hey. I only listened to it like three times, but it had such an effect on me that it like made my top ten. Mm-hmm. No, I listened to his albums last year, which I believe was Goodbye Bread, and then uh, I think it was called Hair. Yeah. Yeah. And I was a big fan of both of those, Goodbye Bread especially. I don't know why uh, I know that. I haven't even listened to that album. It's strange. It's quality. (laughs) Uh, But I believe uh, Ty Siegel has had three albums this year. Uh, One with Ty Siegel, one under the Ty Siegel band, I believe, and then one as a collaboration with White Fences, who he was touring with earlier this year. Yeah. Sorry? That yeah, that was, that was hair. Oh, okay. My bad. Um, uh, but yeah, uh, he's had, I guess, three LPs out this year, and uh, all of them are pretty good from what yeah. I hear. Mark, would you like to go more in-depth on that? Uh, sure. Uh, yeah, Twins is probably... <laughs> I think Twins is probably the catchiest of all those albums that, yes. uh, that he released this yeah. year. Uh, it's just some just flat-out catchy... Uh, Garage punk. The reason I love it so much is because it reminds me infinitely of Jay Retard. Yeah, there's that too. Yeah. Yeah. He's like sort of carrying on that torch, I think. Yeah. He's only missing a quirky synths, you know. And that wasn't even in all of Jay Retard stuff. Yeah, with the lost sounds, definitely, but I don't know about his normal stuff. Okay, well, yeah. I was just saying. Well, it wasn't some of his. And I wouldn't, it, yeah. I wouldn't put that past Ty Siegel in the future. That would be cool if he did that. Yeah. I want to hear his world of shit. Uh, equivalent? Thing. Yeah, his world yeah. of shit equivalent. Um, well, what I liked about, uh, I guess, the newer one, Slaughterhouse, uh, was that he was going in a... Oh, I, well, no. I mean, never the mind. Report. Uh, uh, okay, Christ. shut yeah. up, Austin. Dude. I'm doing the exact Dude. same thing again. Yeah. Um, Okay, but I'm not going to talk about that. But this this was apparently the catchier released of this year, and uh, yeah, yeah. yeah white, um, the white fence one. Me a lot. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you, you go, Robbie. You go, Robbie. <laughs> okay, I'm not. Don't worry. Don't worry, guys. Don't worry. All right. Don't worry. Anyway. I was going to say that I think that does something similar that um, this is kind of in that psychedelic revival kind of game that um, I think Tame Impala is in. 
Um, except I, I mean, I personally think Patrick Mahomes a little more distinctive. That's that's just my opinion. Um, but, oh, you know, this does like. What Tessica is doing on Twins reminds me uh, of kind of what Damon Paul is doing, which is kind of the whole 60s psychedelic revival thing. Because, you know, the sound of like it might have come out of that, you know, of, of the 60s in actual times. It sounds a little bit better, a little bit better recorded. But, yeah, I can kind of see uh, that, but I think I got that vibe more from his other one, the one with White Fence. Uh, totally. Yeah, that one seems like that's yeah. that one seems like it's way more rooted in like psychedelia and shit to me anyway. Yeah, yeah, I see what you're, I see what you're saying. That one's not on our list, so we can talk about that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Funnily enough, his, his collaboration with White Fence is my favorite out of, out of the three. I, that wouldn't surprise me because you like Tame Impala so much. Mm. Yeah. Like the whole thing. Yeah, just. Just, just real groovy as well. Not, not as, not as real as in, in punk or rock. Because I'm not a rock guy. <laughs> you know, you're IDM guy. We've, we've Nick's not a rock guy like the rest of us. Yeah. There's IDM, hey, I'm Nick, and metal Nick. I'm, with, I'm, I'm still with. Uh, I'm team IDM Nick too, honestly. Yeah. yeah. But I like rock too. Mm-hmm. Rock's cool. Anyway, um, moving on. Uh, number fifteen. Oh man, this this I this is probably all Steve's doing because I remember him not shutting up about this album. But uh, number fifteen is Fiona Apple's "The Idol Wheel," something something oh. yada yada hamburger bullshit, whatever. <laughs> I, I, I love that album too. Actually, that that made my list at a pretty good spot. Um, that was actually TJ who put yeah. that as number one. Oh, did he? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And yeah, I, I it bet it was high on mine as well. Yeah, it was. Yeah, and it was high on Steve's too. Um. Yeah, that's a that's a fantastic album. Uh, Hello. Hi. Yeah, we we can hear you. Yeah, we can hear you. Um. Robbie. You there? Robbie. Uh, he had a connection uh, problem. I think he's no. back. No, my connection's great. He says. Yeah, he's gone. Weird. Uh, let's just wait a second. Yeah. I can't listen to Fiona Apple because uh, Brian Quinn from Tell Him Steve Dave really likes them, and every time he talks about it, he calls her Fiona Apple. <laughs> Fiona Apple. Fiona. How often does he talk about Fiona oh. Apple? I haven't listened to that a podcast lot. in a long time. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's like, I'm pretty sure he's like his favorite music artist. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah. Um, did, she was gone for a long time, wasn't she on, like, uh, hiatus? Yeah, she uh, didn't, well, I don't know, I mean, she put out an album for the last time, I think it was, like, 2000. Five, uh, yeah, and um, I think uh, the reason why she didn't put an album out sooner was just something with the label that she's on or something like that. Because mm-hmm. uh, I remember her saying like that she had material like done for this album like a couple years ago, but I don't know. Um, I didn't really start listening to her until like this year, um, but uh, I'm glad I did because the new album is is great and uh, her past work is great too. Uh, fantastic songwriting honestly just really like unique and ambitious songwriting like it's really what it comes down to but also the the sound is actually really unique especially for a singer songwriter album the percussion is really like odd and clangy like has anyone seen uh the movie punch drunk love yes 
uh, yeah, just imagine like the percussion in the soundtrack to that movie by John Bryan, um, and uh, imagine like a singer-songwriter over that, because um, huh. uh, John Bryan actually produced all of her albums up until this one. Um, but his, that kind of percussion style is still pretty prominent. It's a really odd kind of thing. But yeah, I, I feared for a while, like, oh, she's like a singer songwriter, like that was successful in the mainstream. I thought she was just going to be like another boring, like, piano rock girl. But like, honestly, I think it's really interesting stuff beyond that. So, was she the one who got arrested for having hash in her car or bus? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. I thought I was thinking of someone else, but yeah. It was yeah, from yeah, Texas, right? Wait, coming down? Yeah, she, there was this one Texas sheriff, I think, who, like, takes a lot of pleasure in busting celebrities on that stuff. But, uh, yeah. He seemed like a real yeah, and, D. And that area in Texas has, like, uh, from what I understand, a really strict um, penalty on that on that stuff, which is obviously ridiculous. Yeah. But they at least she's not in jail. It didn't, it didn't stick. Yeah. Yeah, thankfully. I think we've talked about that enough. Yeah, nice. okay. Um, all right. Uh, moving on, the album that we're finally allowed to talk about, number 14, <laughs> is the Ty Siegel Band's Slaughterhouse. My favorite Ty Siegel project this year. Mine too. From, from I what I hear, uh, as opposed to the other two albums, this is the uh, most... The rock eye version. Yeah, yeah, the most this destructive. Is, this is hardcore garage punk from what I, I get like a I get like a real stoner rock like 70s black sabbath kind of thing from it yeah it's like black sabbath mixed with black flag from what i've heard yeah that that's kind of a good way to describe it Mm -hmm. it's just like it's so thick like you don't get a lot of non-metal non-hardcore albums that have like guitar tones this fucking thick and brutal and heavy you know and maybe it's that side of me that makes me like it a lot but I, i fucking love this album it's there like, are moments on it that are like straight up Electric Wizard. Wow! It, it's like if Electric Wizard like, did like yeah. voice covers. This is what it would sound like. Yeah. Oh my. Yeah, that's perfect. Like Wave Goodbye. That song is just so fucking heavy. I love it. And, and then the album ends with like twelve minutes of improvised drone and noise, which is one of the just, best parts of the album. Surprisingly, I loved it. Like. Remember that Birds and Row album that kind of had like a similar thing going on on the last track? Oh, yeah, yeah, but on it was that boring. Album, I thought it was really out of place, but this is yeah. an album that's about making noise. So in this album, I think it really works. Yeah. This is also yeah. uh, Slaughterhouse had some of my favorite album art for the year. I really love the cover. It's like this sort of surreal, yeah. pen drawn, oh, yeah. uh, crazy psychedelic face. It, it was very much like sort of like 70s stoner rock type vibe from that too. Yeah, it, it, it the cover's very representative of the music that's on the album, I think. Yeah, definitely. Is like Ty Seagal Band, is there a reason it's called Ty Seagal Band, like a deliberate attempt? To I, I, I don't know what the deal with I that think is. I think, oh, wasn't uh, he working with um, the guys from the OCs among other bands? Like like John Dwyer, I think was had like a part in it, I'm not sure. Do you guys know how Last of Femme is handling all these different albums? Like, do they all just fall under Ty Seagal? Oh, no. oh I'm not no. sure. It's t- Slaughterhouse is no, Ty, no. Ty Siegel Band. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, I think I think I think I think the distinction is that for Ty Seagal albums like Twins, for example, that's just Ty Seagal writing all the material. But for Ty Seagal Band, it's him and his backing band 
coming together and writing the material. Okay. My, from my knowledge, I might, I might be wrong on that, but... That, that would but make the most sense, I think. And Mark, you said that White Fence is like a solo artist, right? It's like a collaborative thing? Yeah, White Fence has their own albums and stuff, yeah. Okay. They're like, yeah. yeah. I don't even know who White Fence is, actually. I never heard of that until that, that album came out. I don't think any of us have actually listened to I White Fence. Yeah. They're from. I, I, I only know of them because California, of yeah. somewhere, apparently. Anyway, anyway, it's kind of convoluted and weird, but we talked about we talked about Ty Siegel a lot. Um, I, I say Seagal, you say Siegel. I think it's Seagal, man. It's Seagal. Is it? I, re- he, he I, I, heard, I, I heard him say it. He did. He yeah. did the um. He did the what, Amiibo. What's uh, in my bag? Segment. That's what I was just gonna say. Yeah. Oh wow. It was really it was cool. Spelled like Seagal. Yeah. I forgot what he bought though. I'll have to rewatch that. Anyway, um, moving on. Uh, like number thirteen, and that is bad, bad, not goods. Bad, bad uh, BBNG two. Yeah. We can all talk about this one. Yeah. 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 Everyone likes it. Everyone. It's kind of weird yeah. that what essentially is an album of, well, mostly anyway. There are some originals on it, but what is essentially an album of interpretations of other people's music can be so captivating. Yeah, right? Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Like, no, that's kind of what jazz is. Yeah. Jazz has always been kind of reinterpretations of other people's stuff. So, yeah. you know, this is kind of continuing down that same lineage, just, you know, progressing jazz into, uh, you know, what I think it yeah. should naturally go into. Yeah, modernized because some uh, jazz is like one of the most stagnant genres right now, which is really unfortunate. But Bad Man Not Good is one of the yeah. very few groups actually taking it somewhere interesting. And Thundercat, definitely well, Thundercat. Yeah, I oh, feel yeah. bad saying that because like I don't really consider myself like near a jazz expert enough to say that. I'm sure there's like amazing things being done with jazz, but like I'm not privy to them because I don't really hunt it out so much. Well, <laughs> I actually like. Maybe I'm wrong, but I'm a music major, and I'm surrounded by people playing jazz all the time. And people are like, oh, man, check out this new jazz that's coming out. I'm like, this is this the same stuff that's coming out, like, 40 years ago. Like, why well, is I mean, it special to you? There's, like, I, I'm yeah, sure there's exactly. a jazz underground, like, there is, like, a rest of the music underground. Like, you know, yeah, every, there every, is, and I'm a part of it, but it's well, not interesting. It's, 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 it's the same people who, they, it's the people who want to emulate the John Coltrane's and the Miles Davis's, like, the people who actually are accepting of trends that move forward are the indie scene. That's why Bad Bad Not Good has no. If you ask any jazz head who Bad Bad Not Good is, they're not gonna know. But if you ask an indie yeah. kid, they'll know who Bad Bad Not Good is because that's the scene that's actually I mean, accepting of progression. Well, I don't know I mean, because Bad Bad Not Good is really not that popular. Well, they are to like you know certain crowds. They're getting yeah, there, right? especially like, with us getting popular like, on the internet. with them. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, the odd, the odd future thing will. If they ever like do track, do like tracks for someone or any shit like that, they'll probably, they'll probably get way more popular than they are. Yeah. Then again, we're in a world where Death Grips went from a band that like twelve people were listening to to a band with, what was it, eighteen million downloads or something? Well, no, it, it was a band that went from us listening to them to yeah. eighteen million <laughs> downloads. Yeah. yeah. You know, I. It, it, call me hipster or whatever, but I will be proud of myself to the day I die for being on top of Death Grips from the first EP being released. <laughs> from the first no, song, is. man. We were yeah. we were on yeah. the moon. Why are we no, so no, crazy? No. This, this is the, the segment good. of that podcast where we 
pat ourselves on the back. <laughs> yeah, anyway. who, who hit Death Grips number two last year? That's right. That's this right. He did. Um, anyway. So bad, bad, not good. We, we'll talk about Death Grips later, mind you all. Um, but, Obviously. Uh, yeah, I think... Um, I, did you... <laughs> I think Bad Bad Not Good's probably going to be end up being on the ASAP Mob album, don't you? I see uh, that happening. Ugh. <laughs> I, I really, I've said this every single time we talk about Bad Bad Not Good, but I'm going to say it again. I want nothing more than a competent MC to use them as a production team for their record. Yeah, that'd be like, that is a good idea. That'd get Rolls. Get Rolls. Just do an entire album with them, and it would be amazing. It needs to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Didn't they say they were going to guest on like the new Tyler album, Wolf or something? At least yeah, on track. Gonna, I, I think they're guesting on the new Earl album, actually. Oh, that's sure. good. Oh, that's, that's cool. cool. And he uh, he apparently has two coming out next year as well. Yeah, presently. Mm-hmm. That'll be. Uh, cool. I forgot the names. No. He, he even said the names. I totally forgot them. Notice. Uh, one was called uh, Doris and Doris, and I think was the other one also a name. Yeah. yeah. I can't remember. The other, one had like a, the other one had like a really weird name or something. I don't know. Yeah. Whatever. Anyway, uh, well, bad, bad, not good. Pretty good. Uh, I'm a little miffed that they didn't have a Zelda medley again. Pretty so. good. <laughs> bad, bad, not pretty good. Yeah. Bad, 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 bad not mediocre. Um, uh, wish they had another Zelda cover. Anyway, um, moving on. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, that Zelda cover, I know. Oh, my yeah. God. <laughs> Ultimate Nerdgasm. I, I never thought, like, last year that... Uh, uh, wait, wait, did that album come out last year? It did, right? Yeah, it did. Yeah. Um, that one of my favorite, like, tracks of the year would legitimately be, uh, like, a nine-minute jazz Zelda cover medley. And, like, it, it was, and I was happy about it. You predict. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Have this. Uh, number 12. Oh, uh, Robbie can talk a lot about this one, because I believe this is very high up on his list. This is LP's Cancer for Cure. Hmm. Uh, I, um, I've you know, cooled down on it in a sense that it's not my number one anymore. It was for a good chunk of the year. Uh, now it's, I put it at my number three, I believe. But I still think it's a great album. I still think that... Nick, is everything okay? What, doing? what the hell is happening? Sorry. Nick, what are you Sorry. doing? Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, I'm, uh, Nick, are you pissing on your microphone right now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the cancer for cure. Come on, talk, talk about uh, it. Yeah, cancer for cure. Go ahead. Uh, okay. It's it's like okay, okay. Like it's an album that like it seems like a lot of people were disappointed in. And, like I'm still trying to think of why. Because like I don't know. To me, it's like all the best parts of LP, but like upped. In my opinion, but like, yeah. <laughs> it um, it's like it, it, it's very conceptual too, and I don't think a lot of people talk about the conceptual nature of the record. I mean, it's not like a rock opera or anything, but um, I've gone on about the concept, what I think, what I think is a concept a, a, um, a bunch of times, but I just think it has incredible production. Uh, I think LP is on the top of his game, and surprisingly, the best moment of the record is probably. Um, one of the last tracks on the album, "Stay Down," that has a hook from uh, Nick Diamonds from Unicorns and Islands, and that, like, I, I get chills every fucking time I hear that song. And I, I actually went to go see LP back in June, 
and um, Nick Diamonds came out to do that song, and I kind of went. That's dope. Yeah. Awesome. Nick Diamond is like one of my favorite just people that exist. Yeah, apparently, um, I posted an article about this on the blog, but uh, LP and Nick Diamonds are uh, have a project together now. And they only put out one song, which is kind of meh, but it's like obviously demo quality, so I'm, uh, they might have something out next year, which I'm very excited and hoping for. What is it called? Do they call it that's the Corn Game by any chance? Because I know that's a project that he's been, Nick Diamond has been talking no. about for years. No, like, supposedly it's... there's like a unicorns hip hop thing. Like they kind of <laughs> did it on one track on uh, the Islands album, uh, where there's a whale, there's a wishbone. I think it's called. Yeah. Who'd they what? get? Was that Bus Driver on that track? I think it I was. I don't remember, but yeah, like he's been talking about doing something hip hop for years. Yeah, well, um, I'm not sure if this is like the official thing that he that you're referring to, but it's called Stepson or something. I, I have no idea why they chose that name, but like, yeah, that's a different name. So no. Yeah, well, if it's as good, if, if it has moments as good as you know their collaboration on that album, then I'm really excited for it. But yeah, I've gone on about that. He's a really great musician, but I think he gets bored and like lazy. Like, what LP or, or Nick? No, Diamonds? no, no. Nick Nick Diamonds. Like some of the the last two Islands albums. While I like them a lot, like this year's Islands album didn't even make my list. I just I liked it a lot at the beginning, and then I realized there wasn't that much depth to it, and I just kind of yeah, I got sick of it really <laughs> quickly. I didn't, it didn't have any staying power. Should I check out? That unicorns album, and, and no answer generally. I'm saying for, to me personally, knowing what you yes. tell about my taste, should I well, check it out? Personally, I believe that all people should listen to the unicorns. But for someone like you who was just talking about how you like experimental pop, yeah. I, okay. Yes. <laughs> right, I'll, I'll take your guys' word on it. If there's, if there's any band that pretty much anybody can like, it's probably the unicorns. I will. I will grab it. I, I I mean, granted, I'm not a mega fan. I've only listened to it once or twice, but it's worth listening to. I liked it a lot. If I hate it, I'm coming after all of you. <laughs> it would probably be in my top ten albums of all time. Wow. I love Sweet. it. Higher right, than P.S. I Love You. Oh, well, next is P.S. I Love You. Yeah. Oh, yeah, look Speaking at that. Which, sorry. Good segue, Robbie. Um, nice. <laughs> Ooh. On the days when I can't get this hosting stuff down. All right. Um, number 11. <laughs> Um, uh, would be PSI Loves You's Death Dreams, the follow up to the uh, <laughs> much like very well loved uh, Meet Me at the Muster Station. I, I know the album. Don't think I don't know the album. Um, <laughs> and uh, but yeah, a lot of people around here, Kyle in particular, love that album. And um, I think Mark had it even higher than me. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Mark and Kyle yeah. apparently both loved uh, me, me and the Muster Station, and uh, apparently, judging by the list, um, uh, I put it on my list too. Just yeah, Death, uh, Death Dreams was probably a, a worthy follow-up. Yeah, I thought you were talking about Death Dreams. You like, you, I had you can't put an album higher than one, which is yeah. where I meet me at the Muster Station. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's probably my favorite album of like the last ten years. It Ooh, is a great I, one. Like, oh my god. It's a perfect 
half an hour album. I've listened to it so many times. But we should talk about Death Dreams, right? We should talk about Death Dreams. <laughs> can't be, you can't be living in the past. No, as much as I want to when we're talking about me at the muster station. But uh, Death Dreams, I feel like it was kind of like Pitchfork in their uh, scathing review <laughs> kind of exactly explained why I like this album. They, they said that uh, this band seems to be impossible to record. You know? Like, everything... so loud. Yeah. But, see, to me, I kind of like that it doesn't sound that great. I kind of like that it's all yeah. kind of blended it's, together. It sounds just, mess. It sounds like messy. Yeah. That's... Isn't that the appeal of Yes, I Love You, though? That's why I like them. Well, for, people that, that, for people that get it, yeah. But if you're not... Ian Cohen doesn't get it. Well, Ian Cohen doesn't get a lot of things. And he, he hates bad people. As we've, he hates, Ian Cohen, Ian Cohen people. hates music. Ian Cohen doesn't enjoy things anymore. There are so many facts in that review. It was ridiculous. Yeah. Oh yeah, I remember. I, mean, <laughs> I remember that. Yeah, so Death Dreams. Like, holy shit. Like Red Quarter, that solo that solo says everything I need to like about why Paul's songs really do it for me emotionally. Like Fuck, fuck! Who needs lyrics when you can just shred like Jay Maskus? You know, you don't. Yeah, you don't. You, you don't, don't fucking need. I would be. I would be totally fine if they put it on an instrumental album. You can't. Like his, you can't make out what Paul is singing half the time anyway. No, you can't. Especially on like, this. Album. He's like just it's, like not screaming, but it's it's sort yelping. of. It's like a yelping. yelp. That's a yeah. that's good. That's a good comparison. Yeah, he's good. a good singer though. As uh, is a good singer though, as evidenced by that David Bowie cover they did. No, that was their drop. Yeah, that wasn't. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> Do we, we have a furry visitor? <laughs> yeah, I got a I got a girl tied up. She's barking. Oh, never mind. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's, that's her after the podcast. Wowza. <laughs> Wow. Um, okay. Oh boy. Anyway, we yeah, should no, almost that's... definitely move on unless anybody else <laughs> wants to say anything. Sure. No, I don't know. I think me and I think me and Mark were kind of the big uh, the big torchbearers for this album. And... Yeah. I, did anybody else have it on their list? I didn't, I didn't even listen to it, honestly. Yeah, me neither. I had it, I had it on my list. It was in the twenties, but you know, I still really like, still really like it. Mm-hmm. One of the know, things like, the other one. I really like. Found after seeing them live, like Kyle, you've talked about like how loud they are. The loudest, the loudest thing is that uh, I don't know what you call it that he plays with his feet. Oh yeah, that bass the, thing, the, the bass that, organ, the bass organ. organ. Oh my god, it's loud. I actually it's, saw one of those. It's like up. Um, there's a guy I like on YouTube who does uh, reviews of analog synthesizers, and he was using the exact same one as Paul. I looked it up. Speaking oh. of which, like, huh? how impressive is just their whole live setup anyway? With yeah. as many pedals and doodads and you know, bass organ and 
Paul's freaking double neck guitar oh. and singing all at the same time. Yeah, it's amazing. Oh. He can yelp sing, he can shred, and he can play the foot bass all at the same time. It's amazing. When I saw him this year, he, just, he did a solo behind his head. Oh, oh man. <laughs> did did his did his stomach uh, show when he did that? Because if his belly button came out, that would be fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't paying that close attention. Sorry. More, more Damn, towards the shred. I, I, I don't see them this coming to of... Southern California anytime soon, but I really hope they do at some point in the future. This Even is if they're just opening. But huh? why, why do people not mosh at PS I Love You shows? Oh, when I was there, people. Okay, here's the thing. I went to see them open for Death from Above 1979. During PS I Love You, everybody stood still. It's crazy. Like this, like, this band oh. is louder than 90% of the people that people just go apeshit for. And during DFA, it was fucking nuts. Like, yeah. people were crazy. Is that just popularity? It, might, it has to be a popularity thing. That's fuck it, I want, I want this band to be more popular because people should be freaking the fuck out at these shows. Yo, was there a pit last time you saw them? No, not even... People didn't even move. It was... It was crazy. That's still. You know who I always heard them compared to the live show was um, Mission of Burma. Huh. Well, I haven't heard like, that. I mean, Grant, they're not entirely similar in sound, but just sort of the abrasiveness of their live show is uh, always Mission of Burma-esque, people have said. We should probably move on. We should. We've been talking about this for a long time. Anyway, um, coming in at number 10 is... Uh, ooh, ooh, okay, we're getting into the good stuff here. Yeah. Top 10 people. Yeah. Um, number 10 is Loma Prieta's 4, or IV, depending on what you want to say. Robbie I Sandal. love how me and Kyle just totally fucking infiltrated the system and put a Screamo album in the top 10. And not I just a Screamo album, one of the most like viciously abrasive Screamo albums ever recorded, to the point where it's almost like harsh noise Screamo. It's this crazy. album is twice as loud as any other album on this list, including Slaughterhouse. Yeah. Including Death Grips. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy. It's like some it's some heavy shit. No no jokes. Yeah. Like uh, Trilogy 6, just how fucking distorted it gets. Mm-hmm. It literally it clips. Like they yeah. make the album clip. They, they made the album clip. It's crazy. I, I don't even know. I don't even know what to say about it. It's just like there's pretty moments and there's crazy abrasion and everything just has to coexist together whether you fucking like it or not. Mm-hmm. It's a fantastic fucking album. Fantastic. It's emotionally fucking draining, too. I mean, if you're really there... like It's one of those albums that if you're not there, if you're not just kind of right there, then it could just be like noise to you. But yeah. if, if you're there, then it's fucking emotionally draining, too. I mean, I don't know. The, the, there are sometimes when I listen to this album and I, I fucking start crying you know probably because yeah, I'm just the same thing I mean I'm you know I'm, I'm not even sure why I can't even explain to you why it's just one of the most emotionally potent albums it's I've not probably lyrics. ever heard in my life it's not the lyrics either it's the sound of the album like with a lot of like terrible screamo that you hear it's fucking people talking about cutting themselves and all that shit this album you can't even fucking understand the lyrics first of all you can maybe understand some of the choruses, but everything is just fucking yelled with such authority and like 
disconcern for anyone fucking comprehending a goddamn thing that's said on this album. That actually yeah. understanding the lyrics, it's not even the point, really. And let me just say, it's 24 minutes, and it doesn't need to be any longer than that, because longer than that, it, and it just becomes too much. Oh, know? yeah, it, it very adequately gets its point across in 24 minutes. Yeah, yeah, and you're fucking done. You are emotionally spent after that album. You don't want to listen to music for, like, a good hour. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Your ears hurt. <laughs> yeah. I, I went back and forth and, uh, with the album that wound up being my number one. So many times. Yeah. Yeah, this is both of our number twos. You know, and, yes. and I'm still kind of doubting it, but I'm, I'm keeping my list the way it is for for your personal opinion is wrong, but I'm still kind of, like, tossing and turning about it. Well, my number one was chosen for political reasons. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, it had yeah. to be. Yeah. Could have been anything else. <laughs> no. I'm pretty sure no one else here has listened to or has an opinion on this album, um, especially not Nick. You know, considering oh. that we're rock guys here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Nick. This is an album that rock guys would be like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah. <laughs> it's just Nick, crazy. Did I just piss you off? <laughs> no, Nick. No. Nick too, <laughs> it is, somebody said Screamo. Don't worry about it. Nick's gone. I don't even know where I am anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, See, um... Oh, go on. Uh, I was just going to say, uh, a lot of times when I have an album this high, I'm going to tell everyone to check it out. But if you haven't checked out this album, uh, it's probably not for you. If you're not into you know, harsh music, then there's no way you're going to like this album or understand why we like it or understand the appeal of it. I mean, it, it, it's like you kind of need to be in the club to understand it, unfortunately. Yeah. Like, there are moments on this album that I think are prettier than, like, Funeral by Arcade Fire, but if somebody is not into this kind of abrasion, they're just not going to get it. Yeah. Which is which sucks, but I fucking love it. It's the, yeah. So anyway, number nine anyway. is a little more accessible. Yeah, number... <laughs> talk about it. Um, number nine is... Uh, Number nine by just one point, actually, is uh, Burial's Kindred EP, which came out very early in the year, I think. Still yeah. with a lot of people. Yeah. And uh, it, was it the first new Burial material in a little bit? Like, uh, no, no, we had we had an EP last year. Oh, okay. Um, but it wasn't as long as this. Yeah, Does this, he just uh, not release the links anymore? Oh, well, I, I don't know. Yeah, cause he just, he's releasing an EP, like, or a single, I mean. like, uh, Isn't that like this week or something or just a couple oh, yeah. days ago okay. I, I, no it's actually well you know I'm, 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 the, I'm the day I'm the day after 17th today actually for me oh wow nice uh, I wonder if it's oh, just more I, lucrative to him if, like he makes more money just putting out singles and EPs I mean I, I'm, I'm a cynical guy but I like to think that Burial doesn't do things because they're more lucrative but hey I like yeah, Burial better when he was Tom good. York. <laughs> he was what? When Burial first, like, when that first album came out, like, I don't know if his... Nobody knew who he was, and everyone was saying it was Tom York. Yeah. <laughs> that actually happened? Yeah. Yeah. 
that's like that's like a total Captain Murphy situation. <laughs> yeah, he was just yeah, like, right? no, nah, I'm just some random guy. Like, wants to make music. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All um, I want to do is make the music. And the real Paul McCartney died in 1965. I don't know if you're aware. No, it's true. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? T- I Should found... we talk about that? The I know we're in the middle of this list thing, but the whole Nirvana with Paul no, McCartney. Oh, can, can someone explain it to me? What the hell's happening? They uh, made a song and they're playing it live. They played it on SNL last night. Like they wrote a song together, Paul McCartney and Nirvana. Yeah. yeah. That's just yeah. dumb. Yeah. The song's really not good either. It's just weird. I mean, why not do a Nirvana song? I mean, if that happens, it's just there's no. I don't, see, I don't get it, man. It should have been a Beatles song and a Nirvana song, and then they never played together again. Yeah, yeah. It's for charity. I'm fine with that. Yeah. And just do your Nirvana things and do your Beatles oh. things. I want to That's throw it. my oatmeal at the wall. Yeah. Um, has anybody heard anything about Chris Novoselic? Because, like, Dave Grohl does his whole thing. Everyone knows Dave Grohl. But, like, Chris Novoselic, I know he, he's a state senator in, in Washington, I think. And, what? Uh, yeah, he, he, he's a, yeah. I had no clue. I had no clue. What not, the like fuck? A, the fuck? not like a senator of the U.S., but a, a state government senator? Yeah. Oh, like a state senator. Yeah. yeah. And he, uh, he Still. played with Flipper Still. for a while. But uh, that's all yeah, I've heard. I that. He's the coolest politician ever. Let's just get that out of the way. He did not age quite as well as Dave Grohl, but oh, um, still, it's just, it's, <laughs> you know, he kind of he kind of looks like Doug Marsh from Built to Spill if he was like seventy five pounds heavier. Yeah, he's got that same like bald old guy aesthetic. Um, yeah, he. Uh, I always liked Chris Novoselic, and I always said Chris Novoselic was my favorite member member of Nirvana because he had the same sort of. Um, uh, like, you know, smarminess of Kurt Cobain, but he was actually, like, he seemed like a really nice guy, like, he did an interview with Nardwar, like, a real one, and, uh, he really liked Flipper a lot, that was always cool with me, and, uh, yeah, he always seemed like a, like, a, just a great dude. My favorite member of Nirvana is none of them. Do, do, Shut do, up. Do you not like Nirvana, Robbie? <laughs> you really, you don't remember? I think, I think you've made this abundantly clear. Okay, that, that's the goof, but yeah. All right. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, we, we probably talk about on. burial because, at least a yeah, little bit. Hey, we're not even talking about burial. What the hell? <laughs> um, anyway, yeah. Uh, does anybody want to say any words about the Kindred EP? It's awesome. It's good. Yeah. yeah. I liked it a lot too. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's better than my top ten EP for sure. Because because last year's EP wasn't that. It was good, but it wasn't like amazing. But yeah, I think he's getting, if anything. Better, like I mean, I, I wouldn't call it better than Untrue, but it's 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 still like one of the best things he's ever done. Mm-hmm. In that short right, yeah. list of things that he has done, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I still have to listen to the uh, new one though, the new the new new one. But yeah, the really last good, like, though. yeah, yeah, I'm excited. The last like yeah. minute or two of Astray Wasp is like one of the best things he's ever done. I think. Oh hell yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I, I I love that it's kind of like he's getting I, I dare dare say he's getting more more and more popular, but he's make he's almost making his music more more and more inaccessible. Yeah, in a way. like he's releasing long, almost progressive tracks, and yeah. just absolutely 
covering them with um vinyl static in vinyl yeah. ways. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I, I, I like the fact that I like the fact that on the first track of that EP, the I think it's just called Kindred. Yeah. Um Yeah. Um there's like some bass wub wubs in the back, but they're so like distorted and lo fi yeah. you know. It's, it's not like Skrillex where they're just like right up in the right up in the front of the mix. You know? Yeah. I like the fact that he, like fact that he obscures <laughs> stuff like that. <laughs> oh Kyle. I, I, I like, I I like the drops. Said Skrillex. <laughs> what? <laughs> Anytime someone ends a sentence with Skrillex, you just shouldn't listen to that sentence. I just tune out the whole thing. <laughs> anyway, no, he actually seems like a sweet guy. Like, I just he don't just make a nice guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I saw his Nardwar interview. It was pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I was just making a point. So. Yeah. No, uh, no it, it was a good point. It, I, I, I agree, Robbie. <laughs> Anyway, um, number <laughs> n- number eight. Uh, oh, number eight. You guys, you guys. It's Titus Andronicus's local business. Yes. Yes. Uh, you know what? I'm glad this yeah. came up so high because I the first time I listened to this album, I was like, "What the hell is this? This is not the I'm, monitor. Why am I seriously? not listening to the monitor right now?" But exactly. then, as I I think, and what happened to everybody as I kept listening to it, I began more and more to respect it for its own you know, its own good features. And I ended up liking it quite a lot. They made a good time rock and roll album. They made a working man's, you know, they did the, they did the Bruce Springsteen thing. They did. And they did it so well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You see, I like this album. Um, I, I, I did put it in my top 25, but I still, I, I definitely wouldn't put it in the same level as the monitor or even the airing of grievances. I like a lot more than this. Mm-hmm. See, but I think, I think that's kind of in the spirit of the album. I think, I think they were going for like with the monitor, Titus Andronicus set out to make the most elaborate, ambitious, holy shit album of the year. Yeah, album another another like stripping everything back and making it really, yeah. you know, hometown ish. You yeah, know, they're like kind of, kind of Americana vibe. It's kind of like just it's kind of like Patrick Sickles is just like fuck it, let's party. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Goodbye. Uh, you know, you know uh, just my biggest. My my own, my maybe my reason that I don't love the album the whole way through. I love the first seven tracks. I think the first seven tracks are, you know, fantastic. After that, the album really kind of gets you know choppy with me. I don't quite love the last three or four tracks as much. But like you know, there's some great stuff on there. Like you know, still life with hot deuce on a silver platter. Um, my eating disorder is obviously really great, and in a, in a big city, which I didn't like too much at first, but it's really grown on me. It's really you were kind of you were kind of bummed out on uh, my eating disorder at first too, weren't you? Yeah, like I, I thought I thought the middle section, which I love the middle section now, where it's all kind of radio heavy metal, heavy hair metal. Dude, kind they of... just made a fucking hair metal ending to a song. Like that is such in the spirit yeah. of this album. No, but like at the time, I thought it was you know I I, I didn't oh, I get, get it. it you know I didn't, I, you were going you were going through the same thing everyone was where we we're just yeah. like what the fuck is this yeah, <laughs> yeah once I like, got like, it I get it now I got it yeah like I get it now but I, I just don't love it, you know I don't love it as much as you guys do but I still put it in my twenty five I still think it's a good album you know don't yell at me guys don't no, get I'm mad not at me yell, I'm not gonna yell at you but I think part of don't why I love this album I'm going to. <laughs> 
You know what? You know what? You know what? <laughs> Stop it. You know what? This local business made me realize. Oh, sorry. This album's really stupid. Like a lot of the times, <laughs> the lyrics are oh, dumb. I agree. Yeah. And <laughs> they did it on purpose. My and favorite. I, I think that's the most punk thing you can do in 2012 is to be non-punk when you're a band who put out two albums that were really fucking punk. No, I think the most punk thing you can do is make Vaporwave. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, what I will say about local business is that uh, forever how much, you know, like, you know, crazy noise music or, you know, ambient music I listen to, I still really like rock music, like just like a rock song. I'm into that. I like that. Yeah. And local business made me realize that. Of course, um, we're rock guys. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, is, it, is there yeah. like any... Like, uh, the monitor had, uh, you know, bagpipes and shit on it and horns. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure this is pretty much all guitar-based drums, is it not? I, I can't really think of... Uh, plus yeah. Sassy Black yeah. Girl Chorus, yes. Yeah, that was amazing. That I'm was like, amazing, <laughs> wasn't it? <laughs> he is the electric man. I don't even remember. And that was How's it, it go? That was exactly it, yeah. Something like that. And there's piano at some points, isn't there? Oh yeah, and like the nice yeah. little blue, uh, like honky tonk sort of blues piano, yeah. Honky tonk. <laughs> it was. It was. I think he's kind of right. I think it is kind of honky tonk. Uh-huh. Anyway, local business get down, and I get down to it. That's. Yeah. I think that's what it's. He's very happy with it. I. Yeah. And uh, I regret missing them when they came to Greensboro because I had some friends who went and they said it was great. Oh my, oh my god! god. Fucking nuts for that band. Yeah, and, and of course, ceremony beforehand. Who I really want to see, you guys. I really want to see ceremony. Yeah, I don't know if to talk about this right now or not, but yeah, fucking ceremony fans are assholes. Dude. They are. We, we've talked about it on the podcast before. They're terrible. Oh my god, they're yeah. the worst human beings. Yeah. Like dudes, they're, they're dude running around just punching people in the front row, in the face, mm-hmm. because I don't know they were in the front row. And he wanted to be there. Yeah. Surprisingly, maybe because my show was in Orange County in, in L.A., but I got a lot. I didn't get so many of the bad ceremony fans that I usually get when I see ceremony in L.A. Mm. I don't you think well, I don't. I don't think the South, uh, North Carolina in particular, has that many like hardcore crust punks. But uh, I don't know. Hey, there may have been some. Every time ceremony played like one of the songs off their first two albums, they're like, "Okay, we're gonna play one for the punk kids." <laughs> that's cute <laughs> yeah um yeah. i love the iron okay, let me just say one more thing about ceremony oh yeah yeah I love, sure i love the irony that they started the set like i saw set this is like the third time i saw ceremony this year and like it's probably the best time i saw them this year but they opened their set with like the worst song off of that fucking new album they put out people just went fucking nuts anyway no 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 it, it was like repeating the circle or something i don't know it was one of the slower tracks, but it was like I, me- I remember. I remember hating that song, and they opened with it, and so I'm like, "Oh, yay! I'm gonna have to deal with this for fucking 45 minutes." Mm-hmm. But it ended up they ended up putting on a good set after that. So it was. Fun. Ceremony has some hardcore fans in New York City because people mosh to fucking everything. <laughs> yeah, every did they, did they mosh to the stage banter between songs too? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> yeah, a yeah. little bit. People didn't okay. stop marching in between songs. Okay, I'll get back to the list. Everybody. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Moving on. Wait, uh, what? Oh yeah. Moving on. The list. You know, we still have seven more. Uh, number seven is 
the most unexpected album of the year. I think like nobody saw this coming. And then one day we all, you know, go on our respective internet sites and there it is. There's a new Godspeed You Black Emperor album coming oh, out. Oh yeah. yeah. They just yeah. sold it at their show, right? Like Yeah, they just like Yeah. I I can't imagine being like at the show and they're like, Hey guys, we have this new album that we made out and then I'm like, well, <laughs> Are you telling me this is like bootlegs or something? No, it's new material. And I would I would flip shit if I was at it's a Godspeed fucking, show. It's crazy. It's fucking Godspeed. Like they're one of the most popular things in underground they're music huge. today. Yeah. They're fucking huge. It's a very like punk rock way they did it. It's just like, oh yeah, here's this album. You can buy it if you want. People, and then, of course, you know, 45 minutes after the show is on uh, all the all the the internet places where you can get music totally. for free. Yeah, that lost album totally. thing that. Uh, oh, sorry. Yeah, it's it's all right. That lost album thing, where uh, their first album or whatever it is, somebody like. Uploads a troll version of that every week on what that to you. Oh, uh, all, all lights. Uh, yeah, all lights back to the hairy ends. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, I Honestly, I, I'm just, I'm content with never listening to it and just enjoying people's reactions. Now that I'm in on the joke. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm convinced it doesn't exist. But still, I I think they more than made up with it with uh, Hallelujah, Don't Bend, Descend because I was mm-hmm. into this album like nobody's business. Like from the first list, and I loved it. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think I would even put it above. Um, uh, well, definitely uh, that third album. I can't. I can never UXO Yankee, or something. Yeah, UXO. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I would put it over that, and I would put it probably put it over Zero Canada. Maybe, maybe. Uh, okay, yeah, I know Zero Canada fans fight me, nerds. That was a blow to me, dude. Yeah, but um, uh, and I may possibly put it over uh, Lift Your Skinny Fists. Oh, come on. Doesn't quite top it, sharp A sharp. I will kill you. Oh, I'm sorry. I like a sharp A A sharp better. I'm not a crazy Godspeed fan like a lot of people are, but I fucking love Lift Your Skinny Fists. Oh, I do too. It's amazing. Like it's a a masterpiece. But I I love this a lot, and I connected with it a lot more immediately. I think because it was a little more abrasive than uh, Lift Your Skinny Fists. Yeah, Uh, it's really got the for it. Yeah, it really got in your face, and it had almost like some sort of. Uh, not quite entirely, but like some sort of metal vibe to it, especially in that opening oh, track. Yeah, a little bit. Vibe. I could see that. And uh, yeah, it had a lot of sort of. Uh, Do you yeah. want to join in? What What is your opinion as a resident Canadian? Hmm. What's oh, your opinion? Oh, you guys oh you're asking the worst person. Yeah, Mark. Mark dropped out for a second. Uh, he's back in. We're talking about Godspeed, Mark. Yeah, I know. Okay, cool. You're asking the worst person. Are you kidding? <laughs> oh, you're from. You're the Canadian. You're expert. from Canada. What's wrong with you? The majority of the music you listen to is from Canada. We, oh, there's lots of things wrong Canada. with me. Canada you is like 40% Canadian music, and you haven't listened to Godspeed. Right. Uh, Fuck is like this national, you know, music export. Yeah. Guys, you're gonna make me cry. They're huge, man. What's wrong, What's wrong with you? Way more people like us give a shit about Godspeed more than like your cultural icons like Sloan and. Shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mark, why don't we? What has Mark ever done to us? Dick. Who cares? Who cares about Spencer Krug? Yeah. Anyway, yeah, fuck, fuck Spencer. Uh-huh. Fuck him. Yeah. Uh. Anyway. Uh. What about what about anybody else? How did you all like? Uh, Hallelujah! Don't bend. Descend. 
I, I'm actually <laughs> with with you, Austin. Honestly, I I I liked it more than uh, than the F sharp, A sharp, Infinity. I th- well, actually, that you didn't say that. Sorry, but I I liked it a little more than F sharp, A sharp, Infinity. I think. And I think I might have even liked it more than the Lift Your Skinny Fists. Um, I, I just, uh, honestly, I haven't listened to New Riot or whatever yet, um, or Yankee. But, um, uh, yeah, I just, I think it was more uh, focused uh, and more immediate, um, which doesn't necessarily make it better. But I just thought it was easier to get into, honestly. I really like the drones on there. I think they were just really... Because they, they took enough time with each idea to really flesh them out. Like I feel like with a lot of their previous uh, albums, they don't ever really like explore an idea quite enough to make it like as good as it could be. Like they'll kind of bounce back between the really long passages of drone and like the really high, you know, rock moments. But it's on like the twenty minute long tracks, uh, like melodic or whatever, and then did the six minutes of drone on the other tracks. Um, so, yeah, I like that structure better. Yeah, I think that. Um, uh, well, I, I like this album a lot. Apparently, I'm like the lone supporter of Yankee UXO, but I'd probably rank it, um, rank just kind like slow ride at, at the top. That's my favorite release by them. It probably always will be. Um, you know, it's an EP, I guess. Um, but you know, uh, lift your skinny fits after that. I guess it's my favorite. Official album of theirs. Um, probably put Yankee under uh, under um, with your skinny fist, and um, I can't decide between this one and F sharp. I, I know I'm Austin, you really like F sharp, and I love it too. And you know, this one kind of ties with F sharp for me in a way. Um, but you know, I think it's a great album. I love how noisy it is, you know, in comparison to their other stuff. Post rock in 2012, everybody. Right. Live the dream. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's why I was so excited about the album. I think post rock's a dead genre. It is. Aw, come on now. Yeah, I'm I agree, though. That's why I was so excited <laughs> about it. And I, I, I just. It, it, it wasn't impressive. It, it didn't blow me away. I thought it was alright. It held my attention, but I. Yeah. It made my list, but I'm not fucking over the moon over it either. Like it's it's yeah, good. Not, it's a good. Not, it's a good. Godspeed record. Kind of how I feel about. Kind of my reaction to it too. I'm not like blown away by, you know, because I'm a fan and I kind of know what to expect from them. But I'm still, you know, pretty amazed that they put out a new record in the way they did. So, yeah, I'm. I'm. I, I was satisfied with it. You know, it didn't change. It didn't change my life or anything. But yeah. I put it in my like my top fifteen, I think. So it made it pretty high. Yeah. Alright, we should probably move on. There's we still shit. Still shit this is gonna be over two hours. Wow. Okay. Number yeah. six, uh another one from sort of the start of the year was uh and one that stuck with me uh through the entire year was stuck Cloud with, Nothing's uh, Attack on Memory. What? Hello? Yeah. Yeah. I, I the only thing I can say well I can say a lot of things about this album. But holy shit, I reject all realities where Wasted Days isn't the best song of the year. It kicks you in the balls with, like, awesome. It's amazing. That fucking crazy build. Uh-huh. Oh, my God. It, it, it does, it is sort of post-rock-esque in its, uh, its you know, crescendo and build, but... It's very, very slint-esque. Yeah. Yeah, it, it is very slint-esque. 
and then really punk rock when it actually like gets to its crescendo where he's like i thought i would be more than this you know just fucking what what a fucking powerful song yeah that's um i think it would be my number one song of the year if the fever had not come out this year from a little band called death grips shut up yeah <laughs> yeah. we'll, we'll we'll get to that. Um, we'll, get to, we'll, get, we'll get to that. I was like, uh, I was vaguely aware of uh, Cloud Nothings as like sort of a not quite twee, twee pop, but like sort of just like poppy indie rock band. Generic, it was like yeah, generic indie pop. Probably read an article about yeah. them on like Pitchfork yeah. or something. And then this came out, and I was like, why is everyone talking about this album? And then I was oh, like, yeah. holy Christ, this is amazing. Yeah, because it's fucking a Steve Albini produced post hardcore album. Like, yeah. what the fuck? Yeah, even it's, I like it. Yeah, it's really poppy in parts too, though. Which it is, is yeah. kind of oh, yeah, that, the one that one track in particular. Fallen. Yeah. Or yeah, that that one too. See, you guys don't even know because they're all pop. Not not all of them, but like those first the first two tracks are so much darker than. Uh, Wait, yeah, yeah, the first two are my favorite tone. so far. It gets really lighter in tone as it goes, but I, I like the whole album for sure. I kind of like to see them do a whole album. I, I love the whole album, but I'd like to see them do a whole album of that, uh, of you know, material like uh, the darker, heavier material of stuff like the first two tracks or No Sentiment. I'd like yeah. to see a whole album like that, but you know, for what we have now, it's really good and it's you know definitely a step up from everything that this dude has done before. You know that lo-fi indie pop stuff that. You know, who cares? 20 years old, by the way. We're going to get a lot of music from this fucker. I know, right? Yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah. and let me and let me just say, if this band comes to your area, you people are going to see them because they are great live. Because I saw them live. And oh, they, they, really that, live. that Pitchfork stream thing where they lost power in the rain, we kind of talked about it, but, like, wow. Oh, yeah. Just yeah. Wow. They, were, they were just as good when I saw them at FYF, and they actually finished the song. <laughs> Which is dope. They, they, yeah. they were so close right? to Pitchfork. They were so close to finishing the song, and they're yeah. just like, fuck it. He stepped up to the mic right when they lost power. Oh, and you <laughs> know you, what they are doing? They are playing the SS Coachelli. Oh, God. Yeah. That's, <laughs> actually, that's actually happening right now. Someone is going to oh. get mossed off the side of the boat during that set. <laughs> 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 Nice sarcastic laugh, Nick. All of us rock guys liking our rock music. Yeah. No, I didn't mean that. Uh, God <laughs> damn. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's that's how I sound. Anyway, if we move on, there's an album that Nick likes. Yeah, right. True. All right, um, coming in at number five. Ooh, Nick does Nick's, like this one. Nick's this album is, of the year, right? Yeah. Oh, no. uh, right. Remember second, that no. number two, correct? Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no. Taylor Paul's album. Number four. No, 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 no. Remember when Nick said that this was his album of the year? Oh, yeah. it was for a while. Yeah, it was. That was, yeah, but he was sure. Game. He was sure of it, like a month into the year, that this was going to be his album of the year. Anyway, okay, number five. Let's yeah, just I say the damn like, album already. Um, the, the, the album, album is Fiona Apple. Right. Um, <laughs> the album is Carly Rae Jetson. That's not right. <laughs> yeah, all right. Um, that, uh, the Lord's Never Worry. The album <laughs> is 
people. The album is Zamuto by Zamuto. Hello? Hello? We lost you when you were saying the album. <laughs> Jesus Christ. All right, the album. Oh, God, this is going to be a bit this is bad. Such a mess. This is a mess. The, al- the album is uh, Zamuto by Zamuto. Yes. Yeah. Zamuto yes. being, uh, was he one half of the books? Yeah. yeah one, half. one half of the indie folk pop Tronica madness group. Experimental what? sampling. Yeah. He was the zebra part, zebra butt part of the zebra. What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> if the books are a zebra, then he was the butt part. Sure. Uh, sure. sure. Fine. <laughs> Fine. I guess that works. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, I did not listen to this one, surprise, surprise, but Nick, I'm sure you can uh, you can talk very eloquently about it. Um, I loved it. <laughs> Thank you. I will, I will, I will allocate, allocate my position forthright. Um, it's great. It's just great. <laughs> it's been much. Hot it's takes. Pretty much. It's pretty, it's pretty much it. Just, How do you feel? How do you really feel? Uh, you, know, you feel happy when you listen to it? I feel... I, f- I feel like I want to kill people. And stuff, kids. You know? Nick, See, you I just, do you realize that you're no, a music journalist? You write for a website about music? What's going on here, Nick? Um... No, shut up. Um, yeah. Um, I thought... Yeah, I, I can't really say anything different to... Our half yearly thing. Um, it just takes. Um, yeah, that's right. Really good. Um, pardon. I forgot we did that. That's right. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, it just it just takes um, really good melodies, and it's it's almost like um like um that Dirty Projectors Bitter Orc album. Um, just yeah, kind of. Yeah, it reminds me of a little bit. Um, how 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 the songs will just constantly shift. But it remains accessible all throughout. Um, there's not a bad song on it. Um, it's almost <laughs> it's it's progress it's progressive pop music pretty much. In a way. In a way. Yeah, like I'm I, I kind of differ from you and, and and Danny as well in that I'm not a huge books fan. Like I've listened to their stuff and you know I like it for what it is, but I'm not like I don't know. Just I never connected with them, frankly. But I I. Uh, you know, this album is made totally differently from the book's material. It's, you know, pop songs, basically, just with really weird, you know, effects or whatever. Uh, but I love this album. It's really, I think it's one of the funnest albums of this year. And it's really infectious and experimental, but at the same time, really jittery and fun and lovely. And I like it. And I want to give, I want to give Nick Zamudo. A big fat hug when I hear it. <laughs> hey, you gotta give credit to the guy for I, coming I, back after a... What? <laughs> huh? Huh? I just said, why are you laughing at me? <laughs> that, never mind, that didn't work. <laughs> Go on. Okay. Shut up, zombie red. Um, <laughs> 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 anyway, yeah, I was just gonna say, uh, I think uh, I, I give him credit for coming back uh, with the great album after the breakup of the books, because honestly, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of the books, and I, I still like 
most of their albums better than the Zamudo album, but it's a solid album nonetheless, and some great tracks on there. Oh, you're panning it. Somebody. No. Somebody I, it made my list. It made my list. <laughs> Did, was the book's breakup, was it like an amicable thing, or was it a uh, violent I mean, I don't think Paul DeJong does as much in the books, or did as much in the books as Nick Zamudo, so it doesn't seem that way. But I still like the books better, honestly. Like, The Lemon of Pink is one of my favorite albums ever. It's amazing. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Wonderful. I should listen to more books. I like The Way Out a lot, but I didn't have any of their other stuff. I listened to some of it, but I didn't didn't really... I'm I'm guessing, like, The Lemon of Pink is something that you have to listen to more than once half-heartedly yeah very much, very much so, yeah. <laughs> yeah i'm not no, no but that's that's the thing about the books they could their their type of music it, it was so odd and strange but it, it was so easy to listen to it's not the it's, I got their, their stuff away. is not challenging i've never yeah, found I, the I books challenging at all yeah at i all. never felt like it's really like that difficult to listen. It's like I'm basically disagreeing with you. Honestly, it's really beautiful stuff. I mean, it's it's like pop songwriting, but filtered through samples and, and you know collages and stuff. But yeah, well, I mean, I mean their the songs about, have been used in like commercials. Yeah. The books is like they are pop songs in a way, but there's a lot going on there. Like yeah. I mean, it's so very intricate pop songs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Cold Freeze at Night. Court. Yeah, no, no chorus, verse, chorus. Cold freezing that. <laughs> that song, that song, is, that song is the best. I'm so it's so enjoyable. <laughs> so strange. Yeah, that's one of the best ones. yeah. We should probably move on. We should. There's still stuff to do. Anyway, all right. Number four. Oh, number four, you guys. Number four. Uh-oh. Holy shit! Can you believe it's this high? I know. Hey, I will defend this album to the death. I, know, I will too. I know some people on this podcast don't like this album, but those people are here, dead here. to Austin, if you put in a list, we might have been able to get this album the number one. Yeah, well, I listened to oh like 10, al- I listened that, to 10 yeah. albums this year, so <laughs> shut up. Um, <laughs> wait, no, there's no way we would, would have been able to usurp number one, no matter yeah, how you're many right, people you're right. made this. It won by so much. It won by That's... literally 50 points. <laughs> but all right um enough about number one number four of course is uh centipede hurts oh <laughs> newest release by the animal collectors what are you laughing at geologists i mean, i hate that i hate that any animal uh collective album is automatically a, like a joke to the internet i mean i understand why it is but i mean i like this album a lot and i thought it was really good to me Mm-hmm. I mean, I liked it too. I just don't. I don't know about top four, though. You know, like I totally it, thought it was. I think it is too. Yeah, I think it was. I think high, five, it, high five, Danny. High five. Yeah. Well, actually, Danny, Danny doesn't hate the album like you do, Robbie. I mean, I it just missed my top twenty-five. Mm-hmm. Like, if I were to make a top thirty, it, it'd probably make it honestly. But like. I don't know. It's just it's flawed. Like you gotta admit, it's pretty flawed. Like there's nope. some there's some great nope. tracks on there. Like oh, I you. love go like you. half the tracks on the album, but the other half is just like nope. it's not. It's just nope. I don't know, man. Nope. It feels I, like I, the album cover. It feels like the album cover. I legitimately the like, amazing album cover. Except for yeah. the one track, which is Father Time. I thought every track was really good. 
you know, like, I legitimately, I legitimately yeah, like the soundtrack. All the time my favorites, actually. Okay. Like, honestly, the only ones that really blew my mind were, like, Today's Supernatural, Father Time, uh, maybe Monkey Riches, and, like, that's probably the only ones that, like, really blew me away. Then there were a few others I loved, and then, like, the other half, I was just, like, kind of, they were good, but, you know... I don't think Deacon can really carry a track that well. <laughs> I think Hawk, that was, uh, come on. Okay, everyone right, talks about Rosio. Uh, I love so Rosio. Rosio was in my Rosio top is great. Actually, I love Rosio. I love Rosio. It's a possible exception of Pulleys. I love every fucking song on this. I even warmed up the Pulleys. I want Pulleys too, but Monkey Riches is my least favorite. Yeah. Whoa, 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 whoa! It's a big hole. It's it's probably probably the probably the reason why my what's not higher on my list. I make that monkey rich. I don't know about you. I make I monkey make... rich, brother. I'm not Pitchfork a big fan of perfectly when they said it's a fucking burrito on a windshield. But <laughs> I look at this. Yeah, I, look at the... so, I look at. Hey, I I like burritos. I do like <laughs> burritos, but I think that's kind of fucking perfect. That's yeah, kind of what I look like to do. It's very much a maximalist album. Like, there's yes. nothing not said. Yeah, it, do, it doesn't give you any room to breathe at this all when you're listening to it. the fuck down at any point. Yeah. Which is why I love it. I love noise rock. This is like Animal Collective doing noise rock. It's not exactly noise no. rock. It doesn't, it doesn't chill. Yeah, not even a little bit. Well, like, a little bit, but... I guess I just like some like, dynamic, you know? So look, yeah, I it's not the um it's not like the most important thing about it but the way it was uh, like unveiled to the public was uh really really interesting i thought with uh the live stream and the and the yeah the uh like video set that was intended to go along with it that was so fun we all heard this album for the first time together, didn't we? Was anybody yeah, I, I did, wasn't yeah. there. I wasn't there. Okay. I, had to, I had to be somewhere. I forgot what I was doing, but I had to be somewhere. What was it? Couldn't, couldn't have been that important then. What? It was Anko, brother. Anko. <laughs> Actually, oh man, where was I? I think I might have been with people who were Animal Collective fans, but we weren't at like a computer or something. I don't know. But point is, I didn't, I didn't hear it. So that was. Yeah. So but I, I heard it like the day after. Let me give my perspective, okay? Like, I, I already have a lot of relationships with Animal Collective, but the three albums that came before this one, <sighs> The Proposed Pavilion, Strawberry Jam, and Fields, I love all three of those albums a lot. So I, I was totally in the, mood, in the mood for this album, you know? And, like, I remember when I first heard the stream, I was like, yeah, this is nine. This, this, this will be my top ten. I love it. And the more I listened to it, the more I realized, wait, I, I don't care about these songs at all like why not i just <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. Serious so, question. Why, not? why not defend your terrible taste why not <laughs> <laughs> i'm kidding robbie don't don't get mad <laughs> i'm not i'm not sorry like, all right like the only songs i can say i really love on that album are the, like the first three moon jock the opener is my favorite that's a great I, I, don't anyone, mm-hmm. I don't hear anyone talk about it like I hear people talk about Monkey Riches or whatever, but I love that song. Um, <laughs> Supernatural, I love. Rosio, I love. If only just, you know, I think Panda Bear gets totally shafted on this album. I, think, I, really I think Rosio is my favorite on the album. 
I really do. It's Video amazing. It's that so melody, good. Like, that melody is so good. And people, yeah, were, people were complaining about that song a lot when it first heard it. Yeah. yeah I don't know good, why. Good song. But like, um, uh, Funky Riches, I, I loved at first, and even when I realized I didn't like the album that much, I still loved it. But now I'm like, eh, on it. Like, if it comes up on Shuffle, I'll listen to it, but I, I won't go out of my way to listen to Monkey Riches, you know? I probably heard it too many times, you know? But, yeah, I really like. Uh, oh. Uh, Robbie? What did he like? We'll never know. (laughs) I really like nothing. (laughs) (laughs) It kind of of seems that the the reservations that people had about Rosie has kind of moved on to um, wide-eyed. A lot of people are dissing wide-eyed now. Yeah, because I'm in that camp. I don't yeah. like it. Yeah, right. I, I do. Yeah. It's, it's one of my favorites in the album. If not I liked my it favorite. a lot. Mm-hmm. It's just it just the, the melody is just so like I don't know. It's just it's so like wide-eyed, wide-eyed. <laughs> Anyways, I'm back. Oh, okay, good. And, uh, you saying you were no, liking you like something? I forget what you didn't mention. I I said okay, well. For someone who has, you know, a love-hate relationship with Animal Collective, I, I love some albums. I, like, tru- truthfully despise some other albums that will not be mentioned. Shut up. But, um, <laughs> but for this album, I'm just kind of mad on, you know, truthfully. And, you know, it's surprising because I really think, you know, m- most people, like, prefer the folkier Animal Collective. But, like, two out of the my three favorite Animal Collective albums have been, like... Experimental electronic animal collective of, of Meriwether Post Pavilion and Strawberry Jam, and if anything, this uh, Centipede Hurts is in that vein. Mm-hmm. But I'm I'm still you know I'm just mad on this album. But this is my loss. This Can is I just, actually I this is my either second or third favorite Anko album behind Strawberry Jam and possibly tied or slightly behind Sung Tongs. Okay. Sung Tongs. Sung Tongs won. Hey, Robbie, uh, tell us about how much you like Sung Tongs. <laughs> I really wanted to avoid that, that discussion <laughs> yeah, uh, today. Let's, let's just avoid that. We've, we've done this before. <laughs> you, know, every, you know, every time, you know, I, I, keep, I keep telling myself I'm going to revisit the, that album and see if I like it now. But every time I hear a comment like that, I'm like, no, I'm not going to do it. Part of, part of the reason I'm sorry. part of the reason it's because Animal Collective really had no fucking idea how to make a folk album, and they made a folk album. Yeah, and they made a good one too. Yeah. Okay. Can, can we go? Can we move on to the good albums? Yeah. Yeah. Whatever, <laughs> jerk. <laughs> That's what okay. I like about Animal Collective. They're always recreating themselves. Uh, it would have been really easy for them to just do another Meriwether type sounding album. Get I their nine. They were going to do that. They did another, another Strawberry Jam. Yeah, they, yeah, get their 9.0 plus on Pitchfork and move on. But they didn't. They took they their didn't. 7.4 like a champ. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the new Chief Keep uh, album got scored higher than the new Animal Collective album. Do people like that guy? I, I can't tell. I don't know what the deal Actually, is. Actually, I, I, I genuinely like that single. Uh, I don't like. What the fuck are you talking about? Chief, Chief Keith. You know, Chief Keeps. becoming rapper. Yeah, if you hate ASAP Rocky, you'll probably hate this guy. But honestly, I I like his single. He seems like fun. 
he's Does fun. he use clams casino beads? Because he use no, it's like beads? straight up trap rap. Oh, I can I can still like that. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. I mean, I can dig what ASAP Rocky does. It's just you know his voice bothers he's an me. Idiot. Yeah, that too. I'm sure that's if you, I'm research. sure if someone was... like that's when I was done. What was when you were done? The, and then he's that song where he starts counting like one, two, oh. three. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember when you complained about that. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm looking, no, his I videos are what would make me really hate him, if anything, because they're just so vain. You know, like it's, it's like a little B video of like little B because completely not self aware. Yeah, you know, we're talking we're, about ASAP Rocky in the how top five. How are we still five? talking no, about ASAP Rocky? I thought we were done with ASAP Rocky. So just stop. <laughs> an hour and a half ago. I'm yeah. sorry. We got here from I'm Animal I'm Collective too. I'm sorry. That was that was me bringing up Chief Keef. So I'm, I'm looking at the cover of this. I'm looking at the cover of this Chief Keef album. Chief oh. Keef album, and th- this could be my bag, possibly. This yeah. could be my centipede hurts. <laughs> Is there a burrito on the album cover? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, sorry. Which album are you looking at? Is it the new one or the one you released earlier? I don't know. Like, Finally Rich. Oh, okay, that's the new one. Yeah, never mind. I feel like this is an unnecessary tension. Oh God, yes, it is. All right, top three. We're down. down. Okay. Wait, right. what's what's next? What? what? I think the penis album. The, pe- the penis no, album. That's not what it's called. It's no, it's not. What it is though is. <laughs> One of the most. Uh, I, there's never going to be another album release quite like this. Like nope. it's impossible to explain oh, to no. you, the audience, if you don't know exactly the kind of emotion and like politics and just the complete just the entire internet went into this album. It, in fact, if you want to hear the hype, like we did an episode like right after devoted, the air, yeah, we, yeah, it's devoted to it. We talked about it for like almost two hours. I was, so, I, yeah. I also did. A, I also did a review of it and just point that out there. Yeah, Robbie wrote a very good review. I recommend you all read it. Um, but I, like I said, there's nothing I can do to explain to you how just 100% complete and totally hyped this album was. Like, there's nothing to compare it to. Like, yeah, like people were excited when when Sgt. Pepper's came out. Yeah, people were excited when, <laughs> when you know, like Kid A was released. You took released. that back. Yeah, people were yeah. excited when OK Computer came out, but yeah. you know, OK Computer was cool. But this shit, people, you have no. I quite literally. He album. Yeah, Dude, but, I I thought about nothing but this album for like two weeks when we knew it was coming. Yeah, and then the, <laughs> all right, the one when the levy finally broke that one day, October first, when uh, apparently they just had it with Epic Records. They just there was this one point where they were just tweeting them Charles Manson quotes, the same Charles Manson quotes at the beginning of Beware from the very first uh, Death Grips album, and it just everything came so perfectly full circle that I quite yeah. literally shed a manly tear right before this <laughs> album leaked. At Not some point, joking. at some point on that last day in September, Death Grips decided, "Fuck it, we're just going to release our album. Fuck Epic Records, we're just going to do this." Zach Hill, about, Zach Hill went into the fucking shower, got a full-on hard-on, wrote No Love Deep Web on his dick. Well, actually, that released a few days earlier. Mm-hmm. We, we got the album cover, but whatever. Yeah. Uh, and they leaked it from their fucking five-star hotel room. 
<laughs> Paid for they were by living Epic Records, in. by the way. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just like like people people tell stories about like sort of you know punk, punk rock music politics. It's never happened on this grand a scale. No, I... like they literally <laughs> screwed over a billion dollar corporation. Yeah, this is oh like this is like if the Ramones signed to Geffen, and like then had uh, I, I don't know, think of something like they killed a bunch of uh, people or something. And just <laughs> took their own lives. So, some, something like that, yeah. That was well thought out. Yeah. Good uh, analogy. <laughs> <laughs> but, but there there literally is nothing to compare it to because nothing like this has ever, ever happened before. And it probably won't in the near future. Yeah. I don't It's just like it was the absolute perfect. Uh, Shit. Perfect event, like in in all of history, nothing know, can, ba- nothing can top it. Bands don't do that. Bands are like worried about pissing off their labels, but these guys are just like fuck it. They released all three of their albums for free. I think the Money Store was on purpose. Like uh, Epic uh, actually let them do it. Mm-hmm. The, the Money but, Store they kind of kind of for free, not for, not for not for free no. download. Not for free download, though. No, but they they let you stream it, and they never took those links down. Oh, and they gave you the uh, instrumentals eventually. Yeah, that too. Yeah, but you had to pay for his voice. Yeah, <laughs> you can make up your own. Um, that's good karaoke, man. Yeah. Yo, we got to blow your system. I think I need to host a Death Grips karaoke night. Anyway, um. <laughs> This I, I, we, we 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 devoted an entire episode to it, so I mean we we'll direct you back to that. Let's just say like it was the most excited I've ever been for anything in my life. Not not just any album, literally anything in my life. The just, thing about Death Grips, I was up till three a.m. Every crazy. time we talk about Death Grips, we never talk about the music. We just talk about holy shit, Death Grips. No, and the music <laughs> was awesome, by the way. Yeah. The music was really you- really good. What do you guys actually think of No Love Deep Web? Because it's my album of the year, and I know it's Robbie's too. It's my album of the year as well. I think the concept of it is probably what makes it the number one. Just it, it fully realizes the concept that Death Grips is going for, and it's like a conclusion to it. It it, it, it just it perplexes me. It's amazing. But someone else go on about it. I, I it's neck and neck with the Money Store for me, and both of those are probably competing for my album of the year as well. But um, uh, it, the music is amazing. Like it's disturbed and uh, just it's like it's like if grindcore was rap music is what that album sounds like. Just the tone of it, like the Money Store, was you know a lot of uh, a lot of just being paranoid. Like paranoia is all over this album. Or, or the money store, anyway. No Love Deep Web is just straight-up depression. Just... Yeah. Like, come up and get me... Just... He's on the top of a building, I presume. The scene set, he's either gonna fight a bunch of cops or he's gonna commit suicide. That's... That's his fucking album. And that was... There was a nice parallel 
between that one final picture that they posted right before leaking the album oh, to everybody. Yeah. It yeah. was of MC Ride standing on the top of this apartment building where they live in, just giving the world the finger, and it was amazing. And fucking Mew figured out exactly where they were. Yeah, and they tried to get people <laughs> to go the find them, but they wouldn't. Oh, and Remember well, that I, whole I guess thing we, about we like everyone about... thought that if like there was rumors that MC Ride was going to commit suicide if they didn't? Yeah, yeah, yeah I do remember him. that. It was weird. Um, I, I of course you have <laughs> to uh, mention all the the whole uh, what what was it the ARG like the uh, yeah. uh, deep web nonsense? Yeah, uh, I, that didn't really go anywhere to be to be honest. Like it, yeah. went, it went somewhere for a while, but it kind of dropped. I was kind of disappointed. It's still uncracked. Let's just throw that out there. And, and that is true, but we we actually got confirmation from someone in the band that uh, there was actually nothing in the theater we were supposed to go into. Uh, but <laughs> I, I'm saying it, it was it was kind of anticlimactic. But I think in the midst of everything, it was kind of the most fun thing ever. Yeah, and I think it was it was uh, an interesting you know. Pro- a kind of online viral marketing thing in a way that no one has done it done before. Yeah. You know. Did you guys see that uh, set of pictures they put on Facebook this week? Yeah, yeah I did. They were amazing. Yeah. And one of them, and one of them was taken it's I, I, presumably, I was say. Yeah, one of them was taken presumably at the show I went to um, ten days ago, like on December sixth. Um at, 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 after Lockadors, you know, um MC Ride said thank you and out of fucking nowhere Zach Hill took his like palm drum and just tossed it onto the the IMAX or not the IMAX like the screens that they had, just tossed it on them and they just fell and um and they have a picture of presumably right after that on their it Facebook has, yeah because I can't think they would walk around broken monitors I'm pretty sure they just dispose of them. Oh my god! Like that that blows my fucking mind. Only Death Grips could fucking do that. Only they could do that. It, uh, yeah, those are not cheap <laughs> monitors either. I, I can't even. Oh my god. Fuck these monitors. Mm-hmm. <laughs> those monitor, probably a thousand dollars each, but whatever. It's back. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just quoting a random YouTube video. Never mind. <laughs> anyway, we've talked about Death Grips a lot, and we're going to do more of it, but we should move on to our number two on the list. Oh, man, this episode is going to be so long. Holy Christ. All right. Who cares? N- number two on the, your, your personal opinion is wrong, top 25 albums, 2012. That would be Kendrick Lamar's Good Kid, Mad City. Yeah. yeah. Holy shit. So good. A and, lot of uh, I've co- uh, Yeah. Um, Kendrick Lamar's Section 80 uh, was very high on our list um, uh, last year. Because like it wasn't like number three? four or five, three even. I think it was yeah. pretty hot. It was in the it top five. It was great, and I wasn't that considered a mixtape technically. Yes. Uh, this no, is no, a commercial no, mix. It, it was an independent album. Like, oh, okay. Released, okay. For actually to pay, you know, to pay yeah. for it. And um, but his first debut on I guess what is technically a major label is uh, n- like nowhere. I mean, he certainly wasn't taken down a peg or anything because of signing with a major label. It's just as ambitious, massive, vast as Section 80. Even more so, I think a lot of people would say. You know, we talk about uh, what Death Grips is doing as far as progressing hip-hop forward with sound. I think Kendrick Lamar is doing that with uh, the actual themes and lyrics of his music. 
yeah it's it's just such a high a con- concept of rap music it's it's such a concept album probably the, yeah probably the most elaborate concept album that came out this year really i can't think of anything yeah it's, it, it's 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 great and it's amazing and it's fantastic no matter what danny has to say about it and it is yeah it's, <laughs> yeah <laughs> but that's the thing about like the the songs are they're good on the as standalone entities but they it just gets so much better and it starts to make so much sense when you listen to the whole thing all the way through and there's no dumb hooks on it like there were on section 80 yeah, that was. Uh, there's some dumb. Like there's some dumb hooks on this album. Like I'm money, real. I'm money real. I'm really, like, really oh, real. I'm with okay. Robbie. Real, I thought that that hook wasn't good, but Reels hook is pretty bad. Is I've actually come around on that song a lot. Like when I first heard Real, I was kind of bummed out. But that hook is terrible. Come on. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> pretty annoying. Yeah. that's the like, only bad part about the album, though. The only bad part. Even Poetic Justice just fucking goes in. Uh, I'm sorry, this album... This album doesn't really have bad songs on it. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I actually... What did, before you guys hate on me any further... Yeah. What? <laughs> I like Yellow. I, I was just... Oh, I God. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it. I've all, I've liked it since the beginning. I'm not just changing my mind. But section I I, I would give it a seven though. I, I I don't love it, but section eighty was just a six for me. So this is a step up. But section eighty had a lot of hooks I didn't like, and this one I like the hooks for the most part. So and the lyrics are amazing, honestly, and the beats are solid and. Yeah, I mean, I can't complain much about it. It's just not, like, blowing me away like it is most of you, you know. Regardless, <laughs> regardless of what Kendrick does next and the quality of it, I think this is the album that he's going to be remembered for. That's yeah. You're probably right. Yeah. I, I gave it an honorable mention, by the way. I, I didn't make my top 25, but it, 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 honorable mention. It's a, it's a very good album. Ooh. Yeah. I don't accept that reality. I accept the album where it's, like, the reality where it's, like, a Amazing album. Like, well, you know, I, I really replace it with actually, my own. I put, I made a, a list of my favorite electronic and hip hop tracks of this year, and I put Cartoon and Serial at number twenty five. I know that's not on the album, but I actually love that track. So, yeah, that track is great. Yeah, it's great. I think it took a lot of restraint from Kendrick to not put some of his better songs on this album. In you know, just because I don't get the because of the theme because they don't fit. Yeah, it's true. Like, but yeah, yeah. Right, the recipe so. on this album, and like, well, that, that wouldn't make sense at all. No, it wouldn't have. But it's I like the recipe a lot. It has I like a the recipe, huge feature on it. It's a pretty lyrically oh. empty song, though. I mean, not that that has yeah, to be yeah. there, but I mean, for this album, like, if you would have put it on, that would totally have like ruined the lyrical consistency, you know? Yeah, I, I, I mean, agree bear in mind, it took restraint to yeah. not yeah. put something like that on it. And bear in mind that song has grown on me, but okay, bear in mind that was the first song that they that Kendrick released in 2012. We all thought I was going to be on the album, and I was worried because you know that's the only thing we got. And I'm like, oh okay, Women, Weed, and Weather. I hope that's I hope this isn't the only thing he writes about anymore. Yeah, you know. But and then you know, Backstreet Freestyle they released, which was dumb because it gave <laughs> us all the wrong idea. 
Yeah, yeah. I know. If, if you listen to that, that song sounds ridiculous outside the context of the album. Outside of the context, it's just like, what's what the hell is he rapping about? And when you find out he's, I I said backstreet freestyle again. It's backseat. I have bad tags on my album. I'm sorry. Uh, (laughs) I I have that too, actually. And it's like, bitch, dance, kill my vibe. (laughs) It's it's really bad. But outside of the context where you're able to understand, oh, Kendrick's a 16-year-old in the backseat of his friend's car. If you don't have that, what's going in, it's, you know, Martin had a dream. (laughs) Martin had a dream. (laughs) Kendrick had a dream. Though his flow, his flow on that song is just fucking ferocious. I love it a lot. Oh, I know. Raymond, only other, only the I have to say about this album <laughs> is where are my motherfucking dominoes? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> where are my fucking dominoes? Dominoes, dominoes bitch. The story. <laughs> the story is honestly. As much as as much as I love the songs, uh, the actual story, uh, that final moment of Kendrick, like Kendrick's mom saying "I love you," it's really really sad. Like it, it got to me. I I, I cry at it got this. Got to album. me. Like it's it's sad. It's a it's sad. really it's a really dark story that he chose to tell. Mm. And again, it's not that commercial of a thing to do. I'm surprised. Yeah, I'm happy. I'm happy. Very happy. Happy with it. I'm gay. I'm happy. Oh, I didn't want to say that. Little B. Should we shouldn't talk about Little B? Should we move on to the number one on our list now? Because <laughs> we may actually is. <laughs> All right, let's do that. All right, everybody, are you ready? I'm lost, boys. Are y'all sitting? Shut up. Shut up. Just shut up. (laughs) I got a little bit of a fever. (laughs) Okay. Are you all sitting down, audience? Because what you're about to hear me say with words from my mouth is your podcast opinion is wrong's number one album of 2012. Are you ready to hear it? Here's what it is. It is... The Death Grips with Grapes. the Money Store. Thank you. Thank you. Death Grips. The Death Grips. And the Death Grips. We already talked about Death Grips for like 40 minutes on this podcast, so I don't know what more we can say about this. But it is such a solid album to where every song works on so many levels that I can't even, like, it is like a MoFo 10, you guys. It's auditory jizz. It the is. Greatest... Yeah. Yeah. It's like amazing. <laughs> it's really good. <laughs> it's yeah. We can, we don't even know what to I, say. I, I can't. <laughs> yeah. I can't. You guys. Can't. I think the we just need story, to end it. The money store is like one of those albums where I, I don't know. It's you, there's not we much to even... say because anybody that's listened to it and gets it kind of. Like, I don't need to convince any of you why this album's great. Yeah. Or the audience. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'm going to try, though. Yeah, go like, ahead. Go first, off, first off, the hooks on this album are easily the best. Perfect. The best perfect of any. Every single one of them. Yeah. 
Like, who says Death Grips can't write a pop song? They definitely can. Like, I've seen footage. Kit no. got like kit 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 got 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 got. The hacker, 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 phenomenal. You know what? Phenomenal. Hacker's my favorite song. I can see myself in six months. I I know I said I like No Love to be deep love better, but I think that's just because what they were doing is so exciting. I think if I really, really was true to myself, I might like the Money Store better. I don't know. I I don't know. I I think, I think I like No Love Deep Web better now, but I think maybe in two years I won't. I think so too. I think the same thing. Yeah. 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 It's it's just it's too good. It is. It is too good. And this album won by so much. It won by. 48 I points, point, I believe. But, I think it was in, yeah. like, everybody's top five. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was my number one. Yeah. Yeah. I think, like, I think it was six on mine. Like, which is it, pretty like low. Number, it, was like number, it was, like, number four on mine. Kyle, it was true. six on yours? Kyle, you must, yeah. have had it the lo- you must have had it the lowest. Bit? I, I had it at, just think about that right now. I had it at six. <laughs> six. Nobody Wait, had hold on. me. Hold on. Hold on. Do you have Animal Collective Fire? This. Uh, I don't have my list in front of me at the moment. Oh. I'll tell don't you. Tell me. Don't fucking tell uh, me Prince Centipede hurt this album. I know I you, Mark. He didn't. I didn't? Good, I, good, I, good. Was Animal Collective 6 and Money Store 5? Uh, uh, Animal Collective was, yeah. Okay. Uh, I, I don't know. Sure. Okay, yeah. yeah, good. <laughs> you were really? looking at my list. <laughs> For the sake of Robbie get, maybe getting mad, sure. <laughs> Arr, I'm angry at others' opinions. Rob Smash. This is this is the Money Store is my most listened to album on SFM. When the Money Store came out, I seriously listened to it like six times a day for weeks. It was all I listened to for a long time. Yeah. I don't know. I, still I don't know if I've ever like done that kind of a just a rapid succession of only listening to one album. Like I did that a lot when the Suburbs came out. I know some of you are kind of bullish on the Suburbs, but I, I still love that album. But other than that, I can't remember a time where I just listened to one album for. It's all I listened to. Mm-hmm. I'm lost. Guys. You, got, you guys, I'm at, I'm as Flatlander. I do too. Free yeah. Flatlander. Free Flatlander. Free Flatlander. Bryce. Sandwiches, sandwiches is named after him. Being a man style fool. <laughs> nice. Pray for Flatlander. Let me, let me, let me guys don't get it. <laughs> Pray for Flatlander. Holy shit. Do you see how long this episode is? We need to end it, you guys. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. I've tried to actually not yeah. talk about Death Grips because I, I figure we've talked so much about Death Grips already that it's not really necessary. It is not. Alright, you guys. We need to end this. Alright. Everybody, it's been fun. Now you know all our, our, our opinions on things, you know, which is kind of what this podcast is for. Um... I don't know what to say. Everybody, you light up my life. You light up my life. <laughs> and I think it's time for us to say goodbye. Through so song. Good, so, no, not through song. No, no, <laughs> not through song. Da, 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 da.
Everybody. It's such a long way down. We, we bid you adieu. Fond farewell. This is Austin saying goodbye. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Got all your coconuts, bitch. <laughs> we do have all those coconuts, don't we? Okay, and podcast that, over. That chicken and the egg addiction shit. All of wow. that. Over. I'm pressing stop now.